This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Good morning on this Wednesday, February 1st. You're listening to WNBF. The Binghamton Bombers and the Professional Box Lacrosse League may already be a thing of the past. On Tuesday, January 31st, the decision was made by the Professional Box Lacrosse Association that all remaining games across the league will be postponed. Owner Carmen Kessner said we made a difficult decision to postpone the remainder of the inaugural season. Our vision is to implement a fast, physical, safe, and exciting experience for our fans and players. We believe we have been able to create this experience, but we feel there are elements we need to improve upon. For that reason, we are halting the season to reorganize the league and team operations. Season ticket holders will be contacted and will get a full refund for the duration of the season. They are hopeful that the coming season will show that they have made the right decision for now. The PBLA started the reorganization process with the appointment of Brad Bryant as the new chief executive officer of the PBLA. A New York bill currently in committee would allow New Yorkers to pay state agencies with cryptocurrency. The bill, if passed, establishes that state agencies are allowed to accept cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, and Bitcoin Cash as payment. According to a report on payments, the bill was introduced by Assemblyman Clyde Vanell, a Democrat who represents several areas in Queens. CEO of AirSwift, Dr. Yan Zhang, told payments it is critical to develop a decentralized payment protocol and integrate it with regulated payment service providers and money service operators. James Warrock, age 37, formerly the executive assistant and media relations representative for former Broome County District Attorney Stephen Cornwell Jr., pleaded guilty this week to one count of grand larceny in the fourth degree. He admitted to stealing more than $1,000 from the Broome County government in order to pay for unauthorized long-term parking for himself and then-DA Cornwell in a commercial parking lot in downtown Binghamton from 2016 through the end of Cornwell's term in 2019. Warhawk is facing up to four years in prison, and the prosecution is seeking over $5,000 in restitution for Broome County. On January 10th, officers from the Cortland County Sheriff's Office assisted the City of Cortland Police Department with an investigation on Woodland Avenue in the City of Cortland. Prior to this investigation, the defendant, Nicholas Stone, had been directed by court order to surrender any and all firearms, rifles, or shotguns to the Cortland County Sheriff's Office. Further, he was directed not to secure or possess any more firearms, rifles, or shotguns once his were surrendered. During the investigation, it was learned that Mr. Stone failed to surrender his firearms, which he was no longer permitted to possess, to the Cortland County Sheriff's Office by the date directed in the court order. On January 30th, Mr. Stone was arrested and arraigned on the above charges in the city of Cortland Court and was remanded to the Cortland County Jail on cash bail. He is scheduled for his next court appearance in the city of Cortland Court on February 1st. Republican Congressman George Santos of New York says he is temporarily stepping down from his two congressional committees. The move comes amid a host of ethics issues and a day after Santos met with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Santos has faced numerous calls for his resignation and is facing multiple investigations by prosecutors over his personal and campaign finances and lies about his resume and family background. Santos had been assigned to a committee on small business and on science, space and technology. Congressman Tom Cole of Oklahoma says the decision has been well-received from the GOP conference. In a prepared statement, Santos says he wants to focus on serving his constituents without distraction. New York's governor has vetoed a bill that would have allowed wrongful death lawsuits to include claims for emotional damage, a change that could have added billions of dollars a year to verdicts in auto accident, medical malpractice, and other types of cases. 
The bill, which drew overwhelming bipartisan support and was passed last year in the state legislature, attempted to give families more compensation when pursuing a wrongful death suit in court. According to current law, the amount families could receive is largely determined by the income of the person who passes away, which advocates for the vetoed bill called discriminatory. President Joe Biden has showcased a $292 million mega grant that will be used to help build a rail tunnel beneath the Hudson River. The mega grant is part of an effort to draw a contrast between the Democratic president's economic vision and that of a Republican. The funding for the New York-New Jersey tunnel project is part of the $1.2 billion in mega grants awarded under the 2021 infrastructure law. Biden says government spending on infrastructure will boost economic growth and create blue-collar jobs. White House senior advisor Mitch Landrieu said Tuesday if Republicans want to take away money from projects, they can have that discussion with the American people. The maker of ChatGPT is trying to curve its reputation as a freewheeling cheating machine with a new tool that can help teachers detect if a student or artificial intelligence wrote that homework. The new AI text classifier launched by OpenAI follows a weeks-long discussion at schools and colleges over fears that ChatGPT's ability to write just about anything on command could fuel academic dishonesty and hinder learning. OpenAI cautions that its new tool is not foolproof, and the method for detecting AI-written text is imperfect and could be wrong at times. And the U.S. Justice Department has requested documents from Tesla related to its autopilot and full self-driving features. The electric vehicle maker cautioned in a regulatory filing Tuesday that if the government decides to pursue an enforcement action, it could possibly have a material adverse impact on its business. Despite their names, Tesla says on its website that the cars can't drive themselves. Tesla's using full self-driving can navigate roads in many cases, but experts say the system can make mistakes, which even CEO Elon Musk acknowledges. A message was left Tuesday seeking comment from the Justice Department. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Today, partly sunny with a high near 26. Tonight, partly cloudy, a low near 18. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, then gradually becoming sunny with a high near 35. Tomorrow night, chance of snow showers after 8 p.m., increasing clouds with a low near 9 degrees, 40% chance of snow. And Friday, a chance of snow showers mainly before 2 p.m., mostly cloudy and cold with a high near 10 degrees, blustery conditions, wind gusts as high as 31 miles per hour, chance of snow 40%. Friday night, slight chance of snow showers before 2 a.m., mostly cloudy with a low near negative 2 degrees, blustery conditions, 20% chance of snow. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first, News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WMBF Binghamton, now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. You want. Nine thirteen on WMBF. You're listening to Binghamton now with myself, James Kelly, instead of Bob Joseph. Bob Joseph, hopefully coming back soon. And we got some phone calls already. Starting off the day with Larry from Kirkwood. How you doing, Larry? Yeah, I'm. I'm good, man. Well, I I thought of something to talk about. There we go. Um, I was uh, hearing yesterday about that uh, Boeing is making their last seven forty seven airplane. You know. So they're going to do something different, a new battle. Yeah, I guess better planes, hopefully. Yeah, Yeah. probably bigger, too, you know? Yep. Yeah. Now, I don't know how society as a whole really got on board with the whole traveling by plane thing. Because when you think about it, you're in a metal tube, like thousands of feet above the Earth. 
Oh, yeah. yeah, like a one-time thing. The Wright brothers, like, hey, we made this machine and it sort of flies. Doesn't fully fly, but it sort of flies for a while. Like, that's yeah. great. Good job, guys. Also, yeah. we're gonna travel millions of people on it every year. Yep. Last time I was on a plane, it was 2002 that I remembered. I think was there another time? I guess that was the last time. I have uh, been on a on a jet uh, a number of times. That's uh, quite a fascinating thing. I remember the very first time I went on uh, a jet, a bunch of my family and I, to my sister Loretta's wedding in Tucson, Arizona, and uh, man, that was fascinating. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you know what I, I appreciate now more so than when I was a kid was that when I was a kid, you know, we had still limited technology. You know, we were like just getting to the first iPhone uh, when I was flying as a kid. So it was really annoying to, you know, try to figure out what am I going to do on this two-hour flight. And now, you know, you could download an entire five seasons of television onto your phone and just sit there on an eight-hour flight watching TV. Mm-hmm. And you might not have anybody pay attention to you because they're paying attention to their phones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's that's really what it's all about when you're traveling on a plane especially because you're, you're all trapped in there. And, and a bus is the same way, like a, a long-term bus. It's like a six-mile drive or a six-hour drive. You just don't want anybody to talk to you. You want to be left alone. Let's all just get through this trip, and we're good. And then, of course, there's always uh, those couple people who are like, oh, we're, we're trapped in this box for eight hours? Might as well chit-chat with everyone around here, disturb them from whatever they're doing. I might be on the second group here. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah, you seem, you wouldn't. seem like a friendly enough guy. I mean, you didn't well, call in today with no plan on what you were going to talk about, and I appreciate that. She's just like, yeah, I don't know yet. I'm just going to talk to you, and we'll figure out. As I used to tell Kathy White quite often, oh, I'm going to wing it today because I couldn't figure out what to say. Yeah, you, well, you winged it, and we talked about planes. Yeah. Perfect synergy okay. in the universe. Now that you go, sir. <laughs> All right, thanks, Larry. Yep. Larry from Kirkwood. I appreciate that. He called in, no idea what he's going to talk about. Yeah, I don't know. We'll figure it out in the next five minutes or so. Go now to Dave from Vestal. I got him going on baseball yesterday. He wants to keep talking about baseball. What's up, Dave? Good morning, Good morning, Mister Overtime. You, uh, how you holding up? Oh, I'm I'm doing great. I'm ready for Bob to come back, but I'm having a good time yeah. hosting the show. It's the it's the whole second half of the day part where I still have to do the rest of my job. Then I'm like, you know what? I don't think I like this very much. Yeah. Well. He'll be back soon, hopefully. Is he doing good? Oh, yeah, he's doing fine. He's doing good? Cool. Okay. Hey, you know, there's only two topics that you know that can drag me away from uh, national politics, and, and that's music and sports. And, and yesterday, <laughs> you started talking baseball, and you got my juices flowing. Uh, pitchers and catchers reports re- uh, real soon. I know. I'm excited. Right? Yeah, I'm excited. Me too. Before you know, we'll be at the parks, in front of our TVs, and we'll be watching. And we have the World Baseball Classic this year. That's that, a, a that big too. thing. I don't know if that you've too. seen the uh, the roster for the Dominican Republic team. It's maybe the best yep. roster I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I believe it, boy. They can play. Oh Those yeah, guys can play. They, I mean, they're good. Yeah, they, I mean, the worst player know. on the roster is Gary Sanchez. He was an All Star catcher yeah. for the Yankees for a couple of years. <laughs> yes, I know. You know what? 
And, it, it, and you remind me of something there. Back, that's one of the things I'd like to talk about, young kids coming up from the minors. When Sanchez and Judge came up that one year, all of us, they were like Maris and Mantle. Remember, they were popping them out left and right. Oh, yeah. They both hit, hit around 50 or something like that. It was unbelievable. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell you what about Aaron Judge. This was the worst sports take that I ever had in my life. But after the 2016 season, where he had only played like 30 or so games, and he had that yeah. home run in his first at-bat ever right after Tyler Austin had a home run in his first at-bat ever, that was really oh, cool. Yeah. But it, he yeah. didn't hit that well. He only hit 179 over that month's stretch. So going into the right. next season, I was like, well, let's put Aaron Hicks in right field because maybe Aaron Judge just isn't ready yet. And, of course, he goes, he goes on 2017, uh, 50, <laughs> 51 homers, maybe? Yeah, yeah. something and, like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Should have won the MVP. Uh, looked back at the yeah. end of the year, I was like, okay, that, that was pretty dumb, what you said, James. That was pretty dumb. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Oh, James, you know what I'd like to, before I forget, I, I'd like to talk a bit about uh, baseball cards. You know, you know, I, I was born in 56, and, and I had a lot of cards from the 60s. And, and I don't know what happened to them all. I, I do remember I ruined a bunch. Yeah, it, it, it pains me to think I put, uh, like, Mickey Mantle, Yogi Bear, Whitey Ford cards uh, on my uh, bicycle spokes, you know, with clothespins. Oh, yeah. Oh, I used to do that all the time. We used to, uh, we used to crush soda cans and, like, jam it in by the tire. So that like really yeah. sounded like it was a revving engine. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's a good idea. At that at that age, though, the gum was worth more to the cards than the cards. You know, when you're a kid, it, that's. I used to love opening them packs, boy. I was all excited. I mean, who would have thought how valuable the, the cards would be, though, especially oh, from yeah. that era? Oh, it's crazy <laughs> what people will spend money on, and it's actually yeah. it's ironic you bring that up because not even three days ago, I got a call from from Mama Kelly. Like, hey, I found all these old baseball cards that you and Kevin, my brother, had in the basement. Yeah. Uh, you, should uh-huh. I just throw these out? And I was like, no, absolutely <laughs> not. You gotta, you gotta give me a chance to flip through those because it's been like uh, we've had these cards for like twenty years. So there might be something good in there. Yeah, see, you're right, James. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't think you'll ever see a mint rookie card match that of Mickey Mantle's dollar wise. I don't think you'll ever see that again. I mean, that, no. that's just unbelievable, unbelievable. Do, do you know the horror, horror stories I've heard over the years from people who, who have lost valuable cards? You know, f- from that era, that due to like floods, fires. And how about when you leave home or go off to college and mom, like you said, cleans out the attic or basement and, and has garage sales? <laughs> yeah, and you I might heard, just be selling millions of dollars if you, you yeah. got a lucky break 40 years ago, picked a good card, a good player ended up being yeah. pretty good. And like, yeah. well, well, now it's yeah, now no. it's with the Johnsons down the street. I know, I know. I've heard the same stories, too, about uh, record albums, uh, same thing. Um, and, and because I learned from my mistakes, it, I didn't take care of my cards. So I encouraged my kids who grew up in the 80s to, to handle their, their cards with care, you know. And they had albums, plastic sleeves, a lot of cards. But today they're disappointed that they, they, because card dealers, they're only interested in pre-1980 cards. You know, anything after that really isn't worth much today. That's, that's how it is. You know, I, I'd be interested in hearing from uh, – your listeners on what happened in their baseball cards. But besides that, no, let's talk a little bit of baseball before uh, you have to get rid of me. You know, I'm a big Yankee fan, and I played a lot of ball. And, and I, I, I've been paying attention to, to what Cohen's been doing 
to, to the Mets there, and he's he's trying so hard to buy a championship. It, it reminds me so much of Steinbrenner back in the mid seventies, you know, to the early eighties. He, he did the same thing, and you know, back then as a fan, a fan, I was happy at all the winning. But now, as, as time, time goes on, I, I really appreciate more the homegrown talent. Now, nothing excites me more now watching a kid come up from the minors. You know. He oh, yeah. make a difference. Oh, yeah, makes a difference. He even becomes a star. I think what happens too much in the majors is, is when someone goes down with a season-ending injury, they, they they go out and make a deal for a veteran. In a lot of cases, uh, good young players get stuck in the minors or, or, or they're part of a of that trade for the veteran. And then the kid goes off and becomes a star on another team. And it's kind of depressing, especially if you're a fan of that team that he left. A good example, James, of building on homegrown talent. You know, the Yankees in the 90s, look what they brought up from the minors. Players that made them strong up the middle and, and that's what you need to win. And when I say strong up the middle, that includes good pitching. Like Pettit, Rivera, Posada, Jeter, uh, Bernie Williams. And then, and then they added key pieces. Uh, Tino Martinez replaced Mattingly at first and, and they grabbed Paul O'Neill from the Reds. And, and there you go. A championship team was built around homegrown talent. I'd like to see that more. Young players, uh, give them a chance in the majors. It, it should be implemented more, in my view. Absolutely. And, oh yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell I, you I, what I, about uh, about prospects in my four years covering baseball before you know I got this job, and you know I was always working side jobs at the time. But I yeah. started to become more of a, a prospect guy, where I'd see you know Julio Rodriguez coming up this year for the Seattle Mariners. I watched mm-hmm. so many Mariners mm-hmm. games this year and and fernando tatis for the padres that uh, turned me into Great a huge play. padres oh, fan yeah. and i just it, i'm more invested in these young guys because there's also a little bit of extra energy with them they're playing different than they played 20 years ago they're playing with a little more flair it's more fun it's exciting yes 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 boy great players you just named right there two young great players right there you know you know, I actually root for the Mets too, and not because I like them, James. I, I, so, so the Yankees can kick their butt in another Subway Series. I, I keep rooting for. I want another Subway Series. I, oh yeah, I, I'm the same <laughs> way with the Mets, honestly. And even even yeah. before I came here, and now I'm invested in the Mets because I got to see guys and meet guys like Brett Beatty and Francisco Alvarez, who are yeah. you know these mega prospects for the Mets, and and I'm going to be rooting for them at the next level. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm yeah. not one of the Yankee fans, and I I still consider myself a Yankee fan more so than anything else. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not one of the Yankees fans who's like, oh, the Mets. I hate the Mets because of the crosstown no, rivals. No, like, no, no, it's better for baseball when both teams it are really good. It really is. It's fun. It, it really is. It really is. And, you know, you can build a team with like Steinbrenner did it. Yeah, I mean, you can do it. Cohen's tr- he's trying. He's trying to do it that way. Um, they were successful in the, uh, the late 70s. You know, matter of fact, I think back then, if I remember right, they may have had three, four tops homegrown uh, starters on the field back then. Uh, uh, Guidry, uh, pitching, he, he was homegrown. And they had a guy in uh, left field, I don't know, you're a young guy, but Roy White, uh, Willie Randolph playing second base. Um, I think he was drafted by the Pirates, but he, he was he was basically a homegrown Yankee. And then the old Thurman Munson behind the plate. Other than that, they had guys doing exactly what Cohn did. They they, they grabbed uh, 
Craig Nevels, Craig ne- Greg Nevels from the from the Cleveland. Bucky Dent was from the White Sox. Chambliss was from Cleveland. Uh, they grabbed Mickey Rivers to play center. They got him from the Angels. Lou Pinella from Kansas City Royals. Uh, Reggie Jackson, I think. I think Reggie they got from Baltimore. That that he because he played Yankees, Baltimore Angels. A's. Yeah, yeah, A's too. So they went out and 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 what about Catfish Hunter? They grabbed him. They paid, bought, and paid for him. So they didn't really have many much homegrown talent, but but it worked. They won championships. But to me, it's not as exciting. I like to watch these kids come up and be something. It's oh, fun. Yeah. It's nice to have the fun. mix of that to to have that oh, yeah. core guys, and, and especially oh, yeah. like the way that the Houston Astros did it. I mean, say what you will about the Astros yeah. and the cheating scandal. That's a good team, yeah. a very good yeah. team, and and they're almost entirely yeah. homegrown. And you know, I'll tell you a yeah. story about Thurman Munson uh, this summer. Yeah. When the uh, Somerset Patriots, the Yankees double-A team, were coming to visit the Binghamton Rumble Ponies, I went out to, mm-hmm. to talk to Anthony Wells or, and, uh, and Volpe, and oh. Bucky Dent was there at the time. And he had some event going on at, at the Rumble Pony Stadium. And so we wow. were just kind of standing around Bucky Dent talking to him, and he was telling us a story about how Thurman Munson and Goose Gossage were always like at each other's throats. And it was before Goose Gossage had turned into Goose Gossage, the all-star level closer. And one day, Thurman Munson was just laying into him in a bullpen session. And he added like he, he got Gossage so mad that he added like four miles an hour to his fastball. And then that was it. That was it. Goose Gossage was a Hall of Fame closer after that because Thurman Munson was just laying into him during a bullpen session. I love that story. You know what? And I could picture that. I really could. I could picture Thurman doing that. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Goose Gossage is a psycho. Oh, yeah. I He's know. a crazy person. Big boy with a strong arm, and you, you didn't know where it was going all the time. Sometimes he'd lose a... <laughs> I wouldn't want to face him. Where's the oh, ball yeah. going? Well, I say that about Araldis Chapman all the time, too, especially as a left-handed batter. Because, you know, yeah. when, when, he got, when he got into those stretches where he didn't really know where the ball was going, he was uh-huh. always losing it high and away on a right-hander. And, of course, if you're a left-hander, that's exactly where your eyes are. So, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. So when he didn't have it, all of a sudden you're standing there in the box being like, are you sure that I'm supposed to be here right now? Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. That's that's uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, dangerous, too. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah James, uh, let's give other guys a chance here. But I uh, – and, and gals, I shouldn't just say guys. But uh, – um, yeah, no, it's been fun. I uh, let's. Uh, it's been fun, James. Let's uh, go Yanks, go Mets, and uh, enjoy our baseball. Absolutely, and I'll tell you what. To everybody listening, if you ever get a hankering for baseball, tell Bob in the future. Go get James next commercial break. Go get him from his yeah. office. Talk baseball. Okay, <laughs> we'll talk baseball. Cool. All right, thanks, Dave. Good Have a good day. Yep, take care. It's nine twenty nine. You're listening to WMBF. Providing you with the best solutions of your lifetime. The KSO Insurance Weekly Spotlight with Karen Sweet O'Neill on News Radio 1290 WNBF. 931 on WNBF. We're now joined by our insurance expert, Karen Sweet O'Neill. Karen, it's been a while since we talked. How have you been? No. I think we might have lost it for a second there. James? Oh, there we go. Oh, my goodness. I, yeah, no, I stepped away. I was oh, yeah, no problem. Engaged. 
So what's new? We haven't talked in a while. I know, right? Definitely not since like two hours ago. I know. (laughs) That was an interesting segment, the baseball with Bob. That was nice. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I like Bob. talking about baseball. That's that's my history. That's the thing I know the most about. So I, I like getting right. the chance to talk about baseball occasionally. Well, good, good for you. Yeah, my mom is a big baseball fan. With my my um, her uh, brother in law was the manager of the uh, triplets. Oh, and I don't know if you're familiar with that because that was pretty much a. I did. That was the uh, the Yankee affiliated team, right? And they it was. they were gone yeah. in the sixties or seventies. Yeah, sixties, I think. Sixties. Yeah. So, yeah, that was fun growing up. You know, they they were baseball people. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm insurance people. Yes. Yes. <laughs> insurance people. Well, insurance people are arguably more important because they save us money. You got to pay money yeah. to go see a baseball game. Insurance saves money. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Speaking of which, uh, there was an article in the um, in the paper on Sunday. It was on the opinion page, and it would have been easy to miss because the highlight um, was, or the headline, excuse me, was Hochul's chief judge pick is unsurprising. So you would think it was all about just the judge pick that she, that she had um uh, she had nominated, but it, it, in essence, what it was going through the article was about the cuts that um, were planned for the out-of-network benefits of the New York State Health Insurance Program Empire Plan enrollees. And many of those, of course, are union members. So is this something that we should pay attention to? Uh, absolutely. If you are employed by the state, and you have New York State health insurance, which most people do that are employed by the state, starting in July of this year, the cuts are going to affect you because they're marketed as um, basically the union is behind no cuts because it's saying that Governor Hochul's administration is defunding some of the empire plan off the backs of union members and their families. So why are they saying that? Basically because they are decreasing access for in-network benefits and out-of-network benefits. So what does that mean? That means they're pushing more and more physicians out of network to discourage the utilization of health care services. That's a pretty big deal. Because many of the union member patients, you know, they've required, as we all, you know, have as we, we go on in our lives and things happen, um, perhaps life-saving emergency treatments, critical elective services, and all of these things, heart catheterizations, uh, spinal surgery, spinal cord injury, they're fully covered under the existing Empire plan. Well, some of that is going to change. So. Are the unions, you know, the members going to pay less, James, for a drastic cut in their health care benefits? No. They're actually going to pay more. So because, you know, obviously health insurance goes up every year. So their biweekly Empire Plan premiums for a family is going to increase to about $242 in 2023. But the real issue here is the drastic cut 
to the New York State NYSHIP Empire Plan. And this actual article is signed by over 20 New York physicians asking for reconsideration of this drastic step. So pretty big deal. You might want to pay attention to that um, and if you're in the Empire Plan because, you know, that's your health care. And going forward, a lot of people will, you know, work for the county or work for the city or work for the state, depending on whatever the case may be, not so much for the salaries, James, but because of the health care benefits for themselves as well as their families. Well, guess what? You can't change the game in the middle of the in the middle of the season, so to speak. You know, this isn't baseball, so it's really important that people contact uh, New York State and you know contact their unions and ask what the heck is going on. Is this going to happen? And do whatever you need to do to uh, you know address it and hopefully uh, go up against it before July of this year. That's right around the corner. Yeah, and it's an important one. Very important. No, you bet it is. And, uh, you know, it just kind of got slipped in there, as many things do with different uh, political and administrative and budgets and all of these things that are coming up, because, of course, the budget deadline is April 1st. So we don't normally talk too much political, and I'm not even talking political. I'm saying that this is going to affect so many millions of New York State healthcare employees and possibly retirees. So call your union, find out what's going on, and see what you can do, whether they're phone calls or letters or emails or whatever. Just blast New York State, uh, the Hochul administration, if you can, to ward off this very incredibly uh, drastic cut for the New York State Empire Plan. Yeah, also, absolutely. We, yeah, we are up on seventeen oh eight Vestal Parkway East. We are above Plato's Closet and Style Encore. We're doing life insurance reviews, whether you're a new client or an existing client, and of course, we're also doing all of our um, welcome to Medicare um, people that are three. We encourage you if you're going to turn sixty five within the next three months. You know, give a call and get in there early so that you can pre-plan and know how to do it, and we can walk you through what your options are. You can reach us at 607-772-4898. You can Google us at KSO Insurance, and all of our contact information comes up, or simply go to a phone book. We have a big display ad under insurance in the yellow pages. All right. Well, Karen, thanks for joining us today. I'm looking forward to talking again next week. All right. You have a good rest of the week, and uh, don't work too hard. Uh, We'll see about that. (laughs) Okay, James. Thanks. Thanks, Karen. It's 939. You're listening to WMBF. Nine forty-three on WMBF. We got open phone lines this morning. Any topic you want to talk about, anything at all. We've already talked about some baseball. Talked about some other stuff. Some jets. Larry from Kirkwood didn't even know what he wanted to talk about. Said, "Yeah, I guess we can talk about planes. That works. Whatever you want to talk about, we're doing it all morning on WMBF." And if you missed it in the top of the hour, or not the top of the hour, the bottom of the 
WMBF First News final hour. We had Roger Neal on this morning, talking a little Binghamton University basketball. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that in the future. WMBF, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Beverly from the town of Dickinson. Hey, how are you going? Oh, I'm doing pretty good today. I was out yesterday for a little while. Oh, yeah? It was cold yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I I was out for a while and enjoying myself. It's going to be cold for the rest of the week, too. Not going to get too many chances to get out and about. Yeah, well, tomorrow is supposed to be, I think they said last night, 38. 38. Yeah, let me let me do a double check on that. Let me find out how warm it's going to be tomorrow. It might be the last warm day of the weekend because I know, I know yeah, on I Friday know. it's going to be a high near 10 degrees, and then on Saturday a yeah. high near 18. And yeah, tomorrow yeah. high near 35. Okay, that's the last day. That's the last day that we're oh, allowed to yeah. go out and be outside before it gets too cold. Yeah, I, I, I have you heard of the Southern Tier program? That's not on TV at 9 a.m. in the morning. I haven't. I'm usually here at 9 a.m., so I, I can't watch the TV. Oh, yeah. Well, it's on, it's on, on every day from, um, from, from 9 to 10. It tells us the different things about what's going on in Binghamton, and they have guests on there. Okay. Was there anything particularly yeah. interesting today? I don't know. I didn't listen to him. <laughs> ah. Oh, yeah. I guess it's, it's only 945. It's still on. It's on at night. Oh, some reruns. Yeah. But I, uh, oh, just thought I'd call and say hello and tell you I'm doing better today. And like I said, I was out two days in a row. And so as long as it's, as long as it's, it's yeah, it's good. It's good weather. I'm going to try and get out. Yeah, that's great. I'm glad you're feeling I, better. Yeah, well, I'm walking better. I I got the neuropathy in my legs and in my feet have 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 subsided. So I, as long as I I keep moving, I'm all right. Yeah, you know, that's great. But if, I, but if I sit too long, I can't sit no more than a half hour. And See, I I'm, gotta, I'm the opposite way. And, I can sit all day long, and I'll have no problem. But I, I know Bob, when he hosts the show, he just stands for three hours. I couldn't do that. I got like ten minutes at most no. before I have to sit down. Yeah, well, we used to have, um, oh, they're like computers on the on walls at work and the, the girls used to say you know you know uh lemurs is what they called them they're like a computer on the wall and it has the, the names of the patients and and so forth and, and what their what their what their uh what their care is for and so forth so anyways the girls used to say about that their backs hurt and I said, well, I says, I'll show you something. And I said, Stan, put your, put your feet, probably four or five inches apart. So the, so you, the weight 
is equal on both feet. And I guarantee you will not have a backache. I'm going to give that a try today. I'm going to see if that works. And it did. It helped the girls, and they didn't complain, you know. Yeah. Well, I hope it helps me because sometimes I'll be out at news conferences and we're all just kind of standing around, taking quotes, asking questions, and my back starts to hurt. Like I've been standing around. We've been here for 15 minutes. I'm standing around. My back hurts. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know. I That was my – that was my – that was one of my one of my helpers that I had when I was working. And the worst thing is to stand in one place. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough. I, it, but you got to keep moving. Like you said, you got to keep moving around, walk around, get those steps in for the day. Yeah. I'm t- I'm learning how to walk upstairs now. I mean, there for a while I couldn't do it. And when it gets warmer weather, I'm I'm going to have the physical therapy come to the house and 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 help me walk down the steps in front of my house. So we can't do it now in a winter in the winter time because it's too, you know, it's too it's too cold. And, yeah, it's cold and, and dry and gross and out. Ice, and it's icy sometimes, and and there's snow, and I'm afraid that I slip. So. If I wait a little longer, you know, I'll, I'll I'll get an authorization from my insurance company, and they can come and work with me. Oh, maybe one day a week, or something like that. Yeah, every little bit helps. Yeah, I got rid of my oxygen, my oxygen and stuff. I, I'm my oxygen level is good. And so uh, I got rid. I got rid of them, and I got rid of the oh the the one that you carry your carry portable carry uh, oxygen. I got rid of them, and uh, I only check my oxygen once a day now. That's great. Well, I'm glad to hear you're doing so well. Yeah. Well, I. I pray every every day, and I think that helps me out. And and then uh, I put on nice TV shows. I like I like the I like the game shows. I don't care too much for soap operas no more because they're. I mean, in the beginning, you know, it was okay, but now now it's just full of nonsense. Oh yeah, well, I'll tell you what. When I was a kid, there was nothing better than taking a sick day and spending all morning watching The Price Is Right. Oh yeah, I remember when that was first done. I remember when when Bob Barker had it. Yeah, the the Bob legend Barker of the Price and, is Right. And uh, then there was a lot of other shows with Gary Moore and I Got a Secret and a lot of those old time movies. I used to watch them, but you know, I mean, I like I like the the Price is Right is on it. At eight o'clock on Wednesdays, and then after that is a lingo where they give you a, a letter, um, and you got to got to figure out what word goes with that. You okay, know? that sounds like and a good so, one. But, but that's pretty good. That's on at nine o'clock. That's only on a half hour, I think. But but that's a that's what anything like that. I 
I'll sit and watch, but I'm not too fond of the soap operas. The same old nonsense. Yeah, there's always the dramatic twist. You, you know, it's not really a dramatic twist if you know a dramatic twist is coming. Yeah, that's true, too. But, you know, I mean, in the beginning, it was, right now it's starting, it's starting to get a little a little annoying, you know. Same old things every day, yeah. every day, every day. So I gave them up. Yeah, I feel that. Well, Beverly, thanks for calling today. Okay, bye-bye. See ya. This is Beverly from the town of Dickinson. And take another phone call before the top of the hour news. WMVF, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, James. It's John from Binghamton. John from Binghamton. How are you doing? Good. Uh, I, one correction. Yesterday I was talking about baseball, and I was talking about uh, my only experience at Dodger Stadium, and I said I went to see Nolan Ryan, and it was Don Sutton. So, Still a great pitcher. Cool. Yeah. Not quite uh, Nolan Ryan, but... You know, yeah. not everybody can be Nolan Ryan. Uh, I want to talk about a demonstration that's being promoted on Harry L. Drive this evening at 7 o'clock. And I think this is a true test for the village of Johnson City, for the mayor and the police chief there, uh, as well as the private property owners. Uh of course, Johnson City, New York, the village of Johnson City, New York, has nothing to do with what went on in Memphis or what went on in Binghamton. Uh, an odd choice, and the, the private property owners, the commercial enterprise that is there, obviously has nothing to do with what went on in Memphis. They don't do business in Tennessee, uh, nor do uh, they have anything to do with the Binghamton Police Department. Now, uh this is going to be a test, and I say this because these people are highly violent. These are some of the same people that took over the Broome County Legislative Chamber uh, and uh, for three hours while Jason Garner and Dan Reynolds hid in a room, they took over and created an insurrection of their own. Uh, I have personal experience. When, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but when was that? Because I actually I hadn't heard of it, so I want to look it up. Uh, uh, it was several years ago. It was uh, probably three years ago now. All right, I'm going to see if I can find that. Yeah, Bob was there. Uh, and uh, so if they block traffic, if they prevent commerce, if they take ordinary citizens who uh, may support them, may not support them, just want to go about their daily lives, if they interrupt the traffic flow, uh, they need to be immediately dispersed and arrested. I don't know what the village of Johnson City's code says about parading without a permit or anything like that. I know this, that in Binghamton, when the rules were discarded for this group, both by the city school district and by the city itself, uh, they, uh, for on multiple occasions, they blocked major intersections, prevented traffic, uh, they assaulted me, uh, so uh, this is a test. This is going to be a test because you have this $100 million Oakdale Commons project coming in that's going to be a gathering spot. Uh, people are putting big money up for that, that project. Uh, if this is allowed to go on and traffic is impeded in any way, uh, I think we're setting another dangerous precedent because in Binghamton, when the rules were thrown away and they were at Recreation Park talking about burning things down, voila, 
within eight hours or so, the largest pri uh, public property arson in the history of Broome County was accomplished. So I would urge those in law enforcement not to fool around with these people uh, if they uh, and and to give the priority to people that want to go about their daily lives and uh, make it make sure that law and order and traffic laws are obeyed absolutely to the jot and tittle. Yeah, I mean, just overall, you know, if there's going to be a demonstration, I'm sure they have the proper permits that they need. I would imagine that oh, that's no, something no. they organized ahead of time if they're organizing oh. this. But, you know, oh, if no. they don't, that's a problem. And, and just yeah. in general, you know, stay peaceful. If there's going to be a, a demonstration like this, just across the board, everyone's got to stay peaceful. Otherwise, you start getting into situations where unfortunate situations can occur. You can say that again. Yeah, and that's obviously not what we want. You know, we want people to be able to share their opinion, voice their concerns in a, a peaceful and constructive way. You don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be out there at the protests reporting on something horrible that's happened uh, as as a result of you know a, an incident that may have occurred between protesters and police, or protesters and the public, even just the police and the public in general between whoever. And I don't want to be out there reporting on that. Well, pri difference between private and public property, and. Uh I think Vestal, uh, when they uh, uh, announced their state of emergency, which affected all the retail locations, uh, did the right thing. Uh, we're going to see if Mayor uh, Maney and the police chief, Brent Dodge, uh, are up to the task. This is a true test for the village tonight. Yeah, definitely something for me to keep my eye on. Yeah. All right, well, thanks for calling in. Yep. Have a good one. Yep. It's 9.57. You're listening to WMBF. Colorectal cancer screening saves lives, but only if people get tested. About 23 million adults have never been tested. Almost two out of three have a regular doctor and health insurance that would pay for the test. Doctors often recommend colonoscopy, but the fecal occult blood test and sigmoidoscopy also effectively find colorectal cancer early. When people can pick the test they prefer, they're more likely to actually get tested. If you're between the ages of 50 and 75, talk with your doctor about which test is best for you. Make sure you understand the steps you need to take to get tested. If you have a family history of colorectal cancer or polyps or inflammatory bowel disease, ask your doctor if you should start screening before age 50. Through the Affordable Care Act, many people have access to health insurance that covers colorectal cancer screening tests at no cost. Remember, the best test is the test that gets done. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton, now on 92.1 FM, W221EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Hour number one of Binghamton Now coming to a close on WMBF. we got two more hours to go today. Once again, James Kelly filling in for Bob Joseph. Potentially the last day that James Kelly will be filling in for Bob Joseph. So if you have any burning questions out there, we'll say, well, I don't really know anything about James. We want to we ask him some questions, see what he knows. Well, now's the time. we got two hours to go. Now, coming up on ABC News at the top of the hour... And we're going to open the phone lines again for the rest of the show. There are no planned topics today, not one. 
I have no agenda on Binghamton now. Just having a conversation, just talking to the people. Wherever you guys want to take the conversation, that's where the conversation will go. And we'll all have a nice, good Wednesday. And hopefully back to regularly scheduled programming for the rest of the week. Hopefully Bob Joseph back with no problem for the rest of the week. ABC News next. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Good morning on this Wednesday, February 1st. You're listening to WNBF. The Binghamton Bombers and the Professional Box Lacrosse League may already be a thing of the past. On Tuesday, January 31st, the decision was made by the Professional Box Lacrosse Association that all remaining games across the league will be postponed. Owner Carmen Kessner said we made a difficult decision to postpone the remainder of the inaugural season. Our vision is to implement a fast, physical, safe, and exciting experience for our fans and players. We believe we have been able to create this experience, but we feel there are elements we need to improve upon. For that reason, we are halting the season to reorganize the league and team operations. Season ticket holders will be contacted and will get a full refund for the duration of the season. They are hopeful that the coming season will show that they have made the right decision for now. The PBLA started the reorganization process with the appointment of Brad Bryant as the new chief executive officer of the PBLA. A New York bill currently in committee would allow New Yorkers to pay state agencies with cryptocurrency. The bill, if passed, establishes that state agencies are allowed to accept cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, and Bitcoin Cash as payment. According to a report on payments, the bill was introduced by Assemblyman Clyde Vanell, a Democrat who represents several areas in Queens. CEO of AirSwift, Dr. Yan Zhang, told payments it is critical to develop a decentralized payment protocol and integrate it with regulated payment service providers and money service operators. James Warrock, age 37, formerly the executive assistant and media relations representative for former Broome County District Attorney Stephen Cornwell Jr., pleaded guilty this week to one count of grand larceny in the fourth degree. He admitted to stealing more than $1,000 from the Broome County government in order to pay for unauthorized long-term parking for himself and then-DA Cornwell in a commercial parking lot in downtown Binghamton from 2016 through the end of Cornwell's term in 2019. Warhawk is facing up to four years in prison, and the prosecution is seeking over $5,000 in restitution for Broome County. On January 10th, officers from the Cortland County Sheriff's Office assisted the City of Cortland Police Department with an investigation on Woodland Avenue in the City of Cortland. Prior to this investigation, the defendant, Nicholas Stone, had been directed by court order to surrender any and all firearms, rifles, or shotguns to the Cortland County Sheriff's Office. Further, he was directed not to secure or possess any more firearms, rifles, or shotguns once his were surrendered. During the investigation, it was learned that Mr. Stone failed to surrender his firearms, which he was no longer permitted to possess, to the Cortland County Sheriff's Office by the date directed in the court order. On January 30th, Mr. Stone was arrested and arraigned on the above charges in the city of Cortland Court and was remanded to the Cortland County Jail on cash bail. He is scheduled for his next court appearance in the city of Cortland Court on February 1st. Republican Congressman George Santos of New York says he is temporarily stepping down from his two congressional committees. The move comes amid a host of ethics issues and a day after Santos met with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Santos has faced numerous calls for his resignation and is facing multiple investigations by prosecutors over his personal and campaign finances and lies about his resume and family background. Santos had been assigned to a committee on small business and on science, space and technology. Congressman Tom Cole of Oklahoma says the decision has been well-received from the GOP conference. In a prepared statement, Santos says he wants to focus on serving his constituents without distraction. 
New York's governor has vetoed a bill that would have allowed wrongful death lawsuits to include claims for emotional damage, a change that could have added billions of dollars a year to verdicts in auto accident, medical malpractice, and other types of cases. The bill, which drew overwhelming bipartisan support and was passed last year in the state legislature, attempted to give families more compensation when pursuing a wrongful death suit in court. According to current law, the amount families could receive is largely determined by the income of the person who passes away, which advocates for the vetoed bill called discriminatory. President Joe Biden has showcased a $292 million mega grant that will be used to help build a rail tunnel beneath the Hudson River. The mega grant is part of an effort to draw a contrast between the Democratic president's economic vision and that of a Republican. The funding for the New York-New Jersey Tunnel Project is part of the $1.2 billion in mega grants awarded under the 2021 Infrastructure Law. Biden says government spending on infrastructure will boost economic growth and create blue-collar jobs. White House Senior Advisor Mitch Landrieu said Tuesday if Republicans want to take away money from projects, they can have that discussion with the American people. The maker of ChatGPT is trying to curve its reputation as a freewheeling cheating machine with a new tool that can help teachers detect if a student or artificial intelligence wrote that homework. The new AI text classifier launched by OpenAI follows a weeks-long discussion at schools and colleges over fears that ChatGPT's ability to write just about anything on command could fuel academic dishonesty and hinder learning. OpenAI cautions that its new tool is not foolproof, and the method for detecting AI-written text is imperfect and can be wrong at times. And the U.S. Justice Department has requested documents from Tesla related to its autopilot and full self-driving features. The electric vehicle maker cautioned in a regulatory filing Tuesday that if the government decides to pursue an enforcement action, it could possibly have a material adverse impact on its business. Despite their names, Tesla says on its website that the cars can't drive themselves. Teslas using full self-driving can navigate roads in many cases, but experts say the system can make mistakes, which even CEO Elon Musk acknowledges. A message was left Tuesday seeking comment from the Justice Department. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Today, partly sunny with a high near 26. Tonight, partly cloudy, a low near 18. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, then gradually becoming sunny with a high near 35. Tomorrow night, chance of snow showers after 8 p.m., increasing clouds with a low near 9 degrees, 40% chance of snow. And Friday, a chance of snow showers mainly before 2 p.m., mostly cloudy and cold with a high near 10 degrees, blustery conditions, wind gusts as high as 31 miles per hour, chance of snow 40%. Friday night, slight chance of snow showers before 2 a.m., mostly cloudy with a low near negative 2 degrees, blustery conditions, 20% chance of snow. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first, News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WMBF Binghamton, now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Uncle- Ten twelve on WMBF. You're listening to hour number two of Binghamton Now with myself, James Kelly, filling in for Bob Joseph. We got open phone lines all day, all morning, whatever you want to talk about. All topics are on the table. 607-772-1290. Maybe you want to keep talking about sports, get more baseball in there. We can talk about Tom Brady retiring, quote unquote. Not sure I believe that feel like I've heard this story about Tom Brady retiring before, sometime last year, maybe. Maybe Netflix trying to crack down on people sharing passwords from different households. That's going to be a problem for me. 
especially if more streaming services also go along and start charging people for passwords. It's one of the benefits to having a really big family. Somebody's got a password for everything. Now, I've got mine, of course, the ones that I pay for. I share them with the family. But other people have the Hulu. Other people have the Netflix, the HBO. Password sharing is like the biggest part of streaming. Otherwise, you're just paying for cable and not really getting cable. If you buy all the streaming services, it's just as expensive. But, of course, you get some original shows instead of just cable movies and whatnot. And, of course, you don't want to pay for cable either. So that's certainly going to ruffle people's feathers. Netflix saying, no, 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 you're not allowed to share passwords anymore. We're not going to do that. Now, don't they know it's what 90% of their customers are doing? Nobody has a Netflix account just for themselves and for nobody else. No one has a solo Netflix account. That's crazy. I've been trying to find that Broome County legislators thing from the bottom of the last hour. I haven't been able to find it just yet. I'm sure that back in the day, Bob Joseph wrote a story about it for WMBF.com. I just haven't found it yet. Got to find the right keywords to search. Turns out everything's about the district maps for redistricting maps in Broome County. They were, they were tossed out in December of 2022. I don't know what's new in that front. But I am trying to find the story about a sit-in, basically, at the Broome County Legislator. Because that's interesting. I hadn't heard of that one before I moved here. And there were some stories that made their way to me. Even though I wasn't from the Binghamton area, had no intentions of moving to the Binghamton area, wouldn't have known anything about it at the time. Like when the, uh, when the sports complex, the roof collapsed under the weight of the snow that one time. That story, even I knew about that, and I wasn't in Binghamton at the time. I had no intention to move to Binghamton. I think that was 2019. So, got to get knowledgeable on Binghamton's history. WMBF, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello? Are you there? No? Oh, there we go. Hello? No, maybe not. Oh, well, I guess somebody just got a little nervous to be on radio. Was expecting maybe a, a screening call? No, no, not today. Everyone's going straight to air today. We had a lot of phone calls in the second half of the hour. Gotta catch up. Yeah, still can't find that story. Huh, interesting. What else is going on in the Binghamton area? Let's find out. Stuff not having Bob here. Bob knows everything. Every bit of property information about the Binghamton area. Here's a story put up by our very own Tracy Taylor. Might see some Chick-fil-A's coming to the southern tier. Apparently, there are rumblings of a Chick-fil-A restaurant opening somewhere in Broome County. They've been roaring for the last year or so, and it all started when someone noticed there were job openings posted in job search websites looking for people interested in working in various capacities at a soon-to-open Chick-fil-A restaurant in Binghamton. And when we heard about the job postings, we visited the online sites and confirmed there were jobs posted in February of 2022. 
but yet no Chick-fil-A's have been opened. There's rumors that there might be three of them. I saw a rumor about that online today, that there might be three locations of a Chick-fil-A. Oakdale Commons seems like a pretty natural pick. I'll say this about Chick-fil-A. I'm sure it's great. I've never had it before. I'm sure it's great. The reason I've never had it is because I'm not going to sit in a drive-thru line for half an hour just to get a chicken sandwich. That's just not going to happen. Plus, then, how would I be able to eat at all of Binghamton's locally owned restaurants? I know that's a big thing. Whenever we talk about Chick-fil-A or some kind of chain restaurant coming to the Binghamton area, everyone always responds with, why don't you just eat local? I do. I do eat local. Unfortunately, maybe spend a little too much money eating local. You know, they don't tell you that when you're doing, like, DoorDash and Uber Eats and stuff. They don't tell you that. Yeah, like, this food is technically, like, $13, but it's probably going to run you close to 30 to actually get it delivered to you on DoorDash or Uber Eats. And, of course, we pay it because it's like, well, why not? I mean, I'm, I'm hungry now. I want it delivered right to my front door. I don't care about an extra $15 in delivery fees and tip extra charges that you weren't expecting. I just want the food delivered to my home. That's how they get you. That's how they trap you. Let's see. This might be the story. No, that's not it either. Oh, well, I'll find it eventually. Maybe not during the show. It's 1019 on WMBF. Let's go back to the phone lines again. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, Jim. It's Shannon from Endicott. Hey, how's it going? The thing you're looking for happened in 2019. 2019. Okay. Yeah. So this this story um, I just found was from 2022, so that's not the right one. It's 2019. Um, it was about, I believe it was over something regarding first responders, a fine if you approach them or something. Um, it took over the chambers for like an hour or something. But if you look in the BU paper like pipe dream or something i bet you they uh-huh. had an article too oh yeah i, I bet they do i bet honestly everyone had an article about it you know tv stations <laughs> us the uh, newspapers yeah. binghamton i'm sure everybody did a story on it i just uh, they're not popping up in the in the queue now because it was so long ago yeah. that by this well, point so you know much. what do i search broom county legislator sit-in protest i don't yeah. know there's just so no, many <laughs> it was a protest but um but yeah there has been so much news about the maps in the last you know, a year or two that, that yeah, that's all I'm getting. Down. Just the redistricting yeah. maps. <clears throat> nope, twenty nineteen. You'll find it. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna take another look maybe in the next commercial break. I'll try to find something. Okay. All right, thanks for that's letting all me know. I want to say. You're welcome. Let's take another call. No. Nope. We lost that person. They must have had the same response telling me where to find where I was looking for. So it'll be easy enough for me to find out. Now I know what year it was, so now I can weed out the other articles. I can get to dig into that a little bit. 1021 on WMBF. We have open phone lines all morning. Call in. We're talking about whatever you want to talk about. There are no topics that are off limits. I will hear you out on any topic. And potentially even give my opinion on that topic. You deserve. Ten twenty four on WMBF. Still have open phone lines, 607-772-1290. Now, I did manage to find a story on what we were talking about before, about that protest in the 
Broome County legislator. It's from Anthony Borelli on PressConnects.com. Nine people were arrested when protesters packed the Broome County legislator chambers to speak against a proposed bill that lawmakers say is meant to protect emergency responders. The protesters say the law, which aims to prevent conduct intended to annoy, alarm, or threaten the personal safety of emergency first responders, would place limits on First Amendment rights. The passage of the law was postponed, but legislators passed an amendment to the language in the Emergency First Responders Protection Act on harassment to reflect language of New York State's existing laws. I'm not sure if they, I'm sure they actually did pass it in the end. It looks like Bob actually did an interview with Chairman Daniel Reynolds in the wake of that. And he told Binghamton Now host Bob Joseph, the bill is more tailored for other responders, such as firefighters and emergency personnel. Even though it includes police officers, but it's more tailored to the other emergency response units. Okay, so now I know that story. That's not a great situation. Reynolds said it isn't to stop protesting, it's to protect first responders and allow them to do their jobs unimpeded. They learn something new every day. WMBF, what's your name? Where are you calling from? My name is Robin, and I'm calling from Vestal. How's it going, Robin? I'm doing well. James, it's about you, so I guess you're the best expert on this there. Oh, boy. Okay, no problem. No problem, no worries. I know you were here years ago. You mentioned that before, and you're probably here more as an unprofessional. And now you're here as a professional, and there's a whole world of difference. What do you see different about Vestal from the last time you were here? So I'll say this. I, I never lived in Binghamton before I moved here. My brother went to college here, so I would come up and visit him from time to time. And I would get the you know college kid experience. What do we do on the weekends? Where are we going? Where are we eating? That kind of thing. Uh, so I, I'm not sure to narrow down one difference. I mean, I think yeah. the, the college kids kind of take over State Street, and that really shocked me in August because I had moved here in the end, the end of May, early June. The college kids were gone. So I started going to bars around here, you know, get out, meet people, get to know right. the area. And a lot of the bars on State Street I thought were great, uh, nice, chill places. You can sit down and have a conversation, and then all of a sudden, one weekend in August, it was a complete animal house and i was shocked <laughs> visit, visit walmart if you want that if there is walmart too <laughs> walmart too and I'll, I'll say this a difference between binghamton and long island we talked about a little bit yesterday i don't know why parking lots around here are stunt tracks it makes no and it's not just the walmart park i know bob from vessel and i were talking about the walmart parking lot yesterday uh, of the uh the town square mall area and that one in particular really gets me because I, I go to Walmart fairly often. That's where I do my food shopping. But every right. parking lot around here, there's just no rules. Yeah, we call it demolition parking. Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't get that because I know people on Long Island they drive fast on the highways and they drive very dangerously. Yeah. And it's you know a normal thing to kind of drive around Long Island and say, oh, the speed limit's 55. Well, I can probably do 70. And no one's going to pull me over because someone next to me is going 85. Uh, and, and up here, it's a little different. People move slower. Of course, there's less traffic. Uh, I'm sure there's a link there. Uh, but in the parking lots, I, nobody drives like that on Long Island. So it was a little bit shocking to me when I was pulling into the Walmart parking lot for the first time. And I had people you know, zipping in between the lanes like there was n- no rules. Like there were no laws about where you're <laughs> supposed to drive. 
I was scared. I was like, I don't. I feel like I'm I'm missing like an inside Binghamton thing here, where everybody here knows how to navigate the parking lot, but I don't. No, it's every man for himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, and also uh, another thing about the the college youths that will sometimes see them on our way into work in the morning, and and Kathy especially because she would come in at two o'clock in the morning. I don't come in that early. I come in at four thirty. And even still, I'll st- I'll see some kids, you know, hanging around the area, uh, more so in, in the fall. But even still in winter when it's 10 degrees out, I'll sometimes see some people walking around. Like, go to bed. <laughs> They're well fortified. Yeah, and, and they have no regard for, like, bundling up either. Like, no, it's, it makes no sense to me. Like, I'm, I was freezing today. I broke out my heavy jacket. I even, I walked outside my apartment, and I only had my, my flannel on. It's a nice light flannel. And I walked outside, took two steps, walked right back upstairs. I said, no, it's a heavy jacket day. I need my gloves. I need my hat. I need everything. Yes, and it will be getting worse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, I, I really want to go to Binghamton Pond Festival this weekend to see the snowshoe race and the fireworks show. But it's going to be freezing. So I don't I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it physically. Like it just might be oh, a, a yeah. I'm going to try. I'm going to try my best. I'm going to buy some new gloves that are extra warm, uh, and I'm going to hope that I can find some like hand warm. You know the little portable hand warmers. Uh, you always, yes, you're going to end up with a Binghamton wardrobe and a downstate wardrobe. Oh yeah, that's that's already happening. I, I already have a, a couple jackets and and hoodies that I bought since I moved here. You know, I was like, there's just my my wardrobe was not designed for. 20 degrees it was designed for like 45 degrees which is a normal day back home on long island in the winter it's still you know yes, it's not know. freezing unless it's in a real <laughs> cold streak well i got a comment too that you you somehow magically don't have any kind of downstate accent i know it took me a long time to lose mine <laughs> so. I've, I've heard that before and it'll still come out sometimes uh especially oh, yeah. like with water or coffee <laughs> Like oh wow that was a really bad coffee I was trying to accentuate it a little bit but yeah the the Long Island accent will come out sometimes I've always found that mm-hmm. because, uh, my my mom grew up in Long Island my dad grew up in Queens I've always found that people whose parents come from like that area of New York City instead of like the Brooklyn area have less of that accent going around right. I don't that's just what I've noticed I don't know if there's any discernible data on that but usually uh, the Queens people have have the lesser accent, which is good because working in radio, you don't want to have a Long Island accent. It's not a pretty one. No. (laughs) (laughs) Not always received well. (laughs) No. And, and, you know, imagine, you know, it works fine if you're in New York City or if you're in Long Island and you're doing radio, but if you're in Binghamton or or even further out west, I was looking at jobs all over the country when I was first looking, and I would roll into, like, Twin Falls, Idaho, talking with a Long Island accent. I don't think they'd like that very much. No, you can usually tell with the first two seconds how people receive you with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they all know immediately where I'm from. That's good. Well, i got to say, you, you've been a welcome addition to the uh, programming. Oh, thank you very much. So I hope you enjoy your day, and I hope you get a lot of interesting calls. Enjoy you too. Yeah, too. I hope I get a lot of interesting calls. This was one of them. Well, thank you. You have a wonderful, wonderful day, Ben. All right. Thanks for calling. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Yeah, the Long Island accent. I never like I never did anything to try to get rid of it. I just never really had it that poorly. Oh, it's a gross one, though. I know a, a lot of people from back home. You put them anywhere else in the country, people will immediately recognize. It's like if you come from Texas and you go to New York and you start 
talking like you're from Texas, you got the Texas accent going, people are going to immediately say, oh, you're from down south. You're from, you're from a ranch in Texas. We know this because we can tell by your accent. So yeah, I guess it's good that, that working in radio, I just happened to not pick up a Long Island accent or happened to get rid of it over time. I don't know how it happened. Maybe when I was in high school, I talked more like coffee and water. At least it's not Boston. Boston has one of the grossest accents I've ever heard in my life. I don't think I can even imitate a Boston accent. I couldn't imagine going through life talking like that all the time. And you can't go anywhere, not in the Northeast. Otherwise, people are going to make fun of your accent. And open phone lines, 607-772-1290. Any topics you want to talk about today, anything. We have no limitations on topics. And really no time constraints either. We got commercials to play, top of the hour news to play. And of course, the show does end in an hour and a half. But we don't care about that. We'll talk about whatever we want to talk about for however long we want to talk about it. WMBF, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, my name is Nikki. I'm calling from Johnson City. How you doing? I'm doing all right. So I noticed that, that this is going to sound strange, but I think it's really cool. If you're going from Johnson City to Vestal on the 201, and then there's the exit where you can go to Old Vestal Road, just before that exit, if you look to your left on that hill there, there's actually a cow that's like a fake cow, and they decorate it for the season, really? and it's got a huge heart on it. At night, they have lights on it, and it's lit up. And I had drove by there so many times in my life and never noticed it, and then it's there. I don't know who does it. I don't know where it came from, but I think it's wicked cool. So yeah. could, we find, could we find out who did that? Yeah, I'll, I'll certainly look into that. That's that story is right up my alley. I like doing that fun kind of stuff. Yeah, they got a, they got a big heart on it now. I had a bunch of Christmas lights on it, and uh, they put uh, like little hats on it and stuff. It's it's pr- it's pretty funny though. I just just never noticed it. And it's like this huge cow on top of the hill. Yeah, yeah, I've never noticed that either. And I, I drive on two hundred one all the time. And I might even tomorrow, I might take the long way to work and, and head over 201 and, and come through Johnson City just so I can see if I can see the cow. And I hope they the, keep it lit all night. You definitely can. You can see it even when it's not lit up, like during the day, you can see it. It's just uh-huh. not as noticeable without the lights. But it's, uh, it's I, th- I think it's comical. I think it's something, something cool around, around the city that uh, you wouldn't see someplace else. Yeah, absolutely. And have you, uh, have you seen Boris the Skeleton up in Endwell, Endicott area? No, no, what's that? It's uh it, it, these people have uh they have two 12 foot tall skeletons. It's Boris and Gladys. And they use the skeletons to like raise money for uh over the fall for Halloween. I think they did uh St. Jude that they were raising money for and they do one for Thanksgiving, Christmas. So they raise all this money just having two giant skeletons and they'll decorate their yard really well with it too. But that's one of those things where you you're just driving down a, a country club road. And all of a sudden, you turn and you see two giant skeletons that you've never noticed before. But you know, you happen to be driving by while it's nighttime; they're lit up. Right, right. It's it's funny how we uh, just kind of drive around blindly until we uh, notice something like that. Yeah, and then you can't unnotice it. Once you've noticed it, you see it every single time. And and I hope everybody sees this cow from now on because it's uh, it's pretty cool. 
Yeah, I'm going to take a look. I might even on my way home today take a look and see if if I can see the cow. I want to see it lit up. I want to see the whole display. But I want I got to know where it is first. So tomorrow morning at four o'clock in the morning when I'm driving into work, I can take a look over and see the whole lit up display. Yeah, you definitely you definitely can't miss it if you look. And like I said, it's it's soon as you get ready to go off to the old Vestal Road. If you look to the left there, it's on that hill. Okay, okay. So I have to get off at Vestal Road. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can keep going. It's just that where Vestal Road exit is is kind of like it's it's adjacent to where the the cow is. Okay, so that's the best view. I'll definitely see it from there. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, actually, thanks for letting me know. That's uh, that might be something cool to write about. Yeah, yeah. Let me know. All right. Thanks for calling. Yep. Have a good one. Let's keep the calls rolling. WMBF, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? This is Anne from Johnson City. How you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm well, good. I'm good morning. I'm calling about the cow. I have seen the cow for at least a year or more up on that hill. At least a and year I, or more. Yeah, I wonder when I, they put it up. If it was, if it's been up there for like years and years and years, and people are like just noticing it now, or if they put it up probably, one day, didn't tell anybody. Not, probably not years and years, but at least a year. And I kind of wonder if it was Miller Honda because they used to have a cow out in front of their dealership. That maybe I start my my journey there. I go over there and ask, "Hey, did you ever own a cow?" And just find I out. Because somehow the lights light up. I mean, somehow that has to come on every night. Yeah, well, maybe they have it on a timer or something. But then that wouldn't work with the the change in the sun. How much sunlight we're getting on a day? Someone's got to actually right. turn it on physically. Right. Yeah. So it's been there over a year at least. So. Over a year. Yeah. I'm I'm going to see if I can I can find it today and find out who owns the cow and how it's getting oh, yeah. lit every night. You can hardly miss it. It's a regular, just a big cow. That's great. How, how big is the cow? Is it like a normal-sized cow, or is it like even bigger than a normal-sized cow? Uh, it's kind of, a little bit bigger than that also. A little it's bit bigger. Okay, yep. yeah, so no no chance I'm going to miss it. Cows are huge. I, no, I don't think so. Nope. All right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check that out today. That's going to be something to look forward okay. to. Okay, been there for a while. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for calling. Yep, bye. Keep the phone lines going again. WMBF, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? This is Tom from Windsor. Tom from Windsor. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, James. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm having a good morning. Yeah. Um, well, I'm a longtime listener, and uh, there's some things I wanted to uh, bring up, uh, things I've no- uh, I feel I've noticed uh, by listeners and callers. There doesn't seem to be a lot of talk about the World Economic Forum or the WHO and all these things that um, they're proposing, uh, which is part of the Great Reset, Third, uh, Fourth Industrial Revolution, they're calling it. Um, But um, specifically, like with the World Health Organization, and this ties in with using alternative media sources also, because I don't think a lot of people realize this stuff unless they are on alternate media. But the World Health Organization has what they're calling the pandemic treaty. And there's like, I think probably by now, there's like 200 countries have signed on to it, including um, this country. And um, I believe what, according to what, I've read and heard that um, the next pandemic will usher in these mandates 
that are put out by the World Health Organization and this global cabal that exists. And if they declare a pandemic, it's going to override states' rights. Um, it's going to make people so they their freedoms and their sovereignty will be gone at that point. And um, I don't know what anybody could do about it. Um, it's a pretty serious thing, and, and uh, all of this involves uh, things that could be life-changing incidents and, and influence what you may want to plan in your future. Um, I mean, when they, they say stuff like, uh, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy, well, if you're going to buy a new home, that might be something to consider. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to look and see if I can find a reliable news source for the for the pandemic treaty. A lot of people have written about it. I'm just trying to find you know a more serious source so I can figure out exactly what's in it. Well, you have to follow what goes on at Davos, uh, Switzerland, when they go to these meetings. And uh, last year, at, I think it was in the fall, they had a meeting, and Klaus Schwab, well, Klaus Schwab, however you want to pronounce it, um, he basically founded the World Economic Forum, and uh, he's like the, the big honcho. Well, all of these people, which include bankers and everybody from all facets of life, uh, at this meeting, and he made a statement. I'm going to read it because I, I, it's too long to, for me to remember, but he's talking, he's addressing the people in the meeting, and he's going, let us be clear. The future is not something that just happens. The future is built by us, by a powerful community like you in this room. Now, if that doesn't sound like a power-hungry, egotistical whatever, um, these are things that are going on, and a lot of people don't even realize it. So, yeah, so I, I found I found a story here, and this is uh, this is from uh, Stat News from, from like two weeks ago. And it says, based on the current draft, the new pandemic treaty would greatly aid health around the globe. In 2020, poor data sharing between countries at the onset of the, of the pandemic allowed COVID nineteen to spread rapidly, including in the U.S. So I think it looks like the main part of the pandemic treaty and i don't know what's fully in it i haven't read the entire treaty in in, in its entirety uh, it looks like the main goal of it is to increase data sharing between countries increase what the data sharing just just having access to all of the data from different countries so that when you have something like covid-19 that's spread around the world you know exactly what's going on in every country Right. Well, that that sounds like the flowery side of it, you know. Uh, but if you look, if you look at some of the things that are going on in this country and other countries, that that's another thing. People should follow what's going on in Europe, Europe and stuff too. But uh, these things are, um, if you do use a little critical thinking and you look what's going on in this country, a lot of people are confused and they don't understand. Why this is happening or that's happening. But it all makes sense if you understand the goals of these, this global cabal. And 
I might add that I uh, these Republicans that don't seem to be Republicans anymore, they're globalists. It's that simple. Um, uh, governments are going to lose their sovereignty um, if this pandemic treaty uh, holds up. So I don't know. That's about well, all from, a, from an enforcement standpoint. You know, how, how could the World Health Organization really enforce that in the United States, enforce lockdowns? Uh, they don't. They don't have a, a police force that can in, enforce lockdowns in an entire country. But I do see conservative commentators have attacked the treaty as an attempt by the biased World Health Organization to impose endless lockdowns and curtail Americans' rights. So I, I see. I see the other side of the issue. I see why people might be concerned about that. <laughs> Absolutely. So anyway, you know, I hope people will, will investigate some of this stuff and. Because of the the uh, censoring that's been going on, uh, that that brought life to these uh, individual platforms where these people that are um, expressing their views on these individual platforms um, because they were censored off from mainstream. So uh, there's a lot of information out there, and there is a lot of good reporting, people looking for the truth. Um, it's all there. You just have to go and look for it. Yeah. Well, all right. Thanks for calling in. Yep. Have a good one. Bye. It's 1045. You're listening to WMBF. Attention. This is News Radio 1290 AM. WMBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton. A Town Square media station. Ten forty-eight on WMBF. Right back to the phone lines. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, this is Rob from Port Crane. How's it going? Oh, it's going great, James. I just wanted to say that Tom from Windsor wasn't the last caller. Uh, yes. He was right about every single thing. I can't believe that you know more people don't know about that Great Reset and the World Economic Forum because these guys have said it out loud. And when you were talking about data sharing between countries, data's people. Oh, data is absolutely people. I I always think about social media when I'm thinking about data, and it's because, you know, when social media companies, they're free, so you got to make the money somewhere. You're the product. So well, advertisers. Yeah, you need to listen to Yuval Noel Harari. He's, he's a big guy. He's one of the chief advisors to that Klaus Schwab character, where he said they're going to they're gonna control people, you know. He said they talked about, you know, putting chips in people and be, being able to not control their thoughts make their thoughts well i mean we don't we don't have the technology for that to put chips in people Uh, that was that was a big thing with uh with the covid19 vaccine one of the big conspiracy theories was that bill gates was putting a microchip in you like that that technology doesn't exist are you sure oh yeah even the battery technology alone you know to to put a tracking device in somebody through a vaccine you'd never have a battery that's strong enough to power it at that smallest size it's just it's impossible yeah who knows you know the darpa and the cia and the government agencies they come up with all kinds of stuff that you won't even think is you know is possible and and then you'll find out that when they finally admit it when it's declassified they've been doing it for 20 30 years well, you always find that with the with the CIA, especially like thirty years later, you look back and say, "Oh, were were you doing this? That was kind of messed up of you to do." And wait thirty years to tell anybody about it. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, well, look at the JFK stuff. They're still covering up some of those documents, you know, because they said it would harm national security. Do you know why it harmed national security? Because Tucker Carlson did a whole show about that where he had somebody from the CIA saying, do you think do you think the CIA was involved in the killing of JFK? He says, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, you know, what, what the American people think is all lie, this guy said. I mean, Tucker Carlson did it on, on Fox, of all places, you know. But, oh, the, the thing I wanted to really talk about was everybody's comparing Biden's documents to Trump's documents. And, you know, they said, oh, Trump had 200 or something. I just saw something where Biden has 850 boxes, two tractor-trailers full, and 415 gigabytes of classified documents at UPenn down in Pennsylvania. Where, where, where did you find that? Because, I, I mean, obviously that's, that's a claim that's being made that I, I don't know the answer to that claim because I haven't seen that news, so I want to make sure that it's, it's 100% accurate from a Matt reliable Saidi, news source. One of the guys with the Twitter files. What was his name? Matt Taibbi, T-I-A-B-B-I. All right, I'll take a look into that. Yeah, the the classified documents thing is is crazy to me that we're at a point where now, you know, Donald Trump had them, Joe Biden had them, Mike Pence had them. We're at the point where the National Archives is now just telling all pres- former presidents and vice presidents like just check your stuff because we're yeah. we're getting kind of tired of this. How that stuff ever leaks out is beyond me. I was in the Navy. I was I could see top secret documents. I had a clearance. You know, I had to do, I had to for the the job I did for them, and uh, you know, you didn't leave with this stuff, you know, and you didn't talk about it, you didn't go out to a bar and you know blab to your buddies about it, you know, it it was between you and your superior, you know. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's concerning because if if these documents are classified, they're probably pretty important, not the kind of thing you want just out and about in the world. So it's it's oh, yeah. a little bit concerning that we're at a point where. We're just telling all the former presidents and vice presidents, like, we, we're done with this. Just return any documents that you have. Look for them and return them because we can't oh, keep tracking things down. Yep. Yep, that, that's for sure. Oh, that, that Matt Taibbi, too, in the Twitter files, if you notice, the media is not. I think they've given, what, five minutes to that total in the last two months. But the Twitter files are showing this Hamilton 68 group. It's some guy named, uh, he was a former FBI agent, Chris Watts, and John Podesta was involved, some Hillary advisor, and uh, I can't remember the fourth person, but this Hamilton 68, it was called. It's a neoliberal think tank, they call it, and it's responsible for hundreds of, all, all that stuff we kept seeing on TV, when every time you turn on the news about Russian disinformation, Russian disinformation, all those stories came from this Hamilton 68 group. All those stories were true. The Hunter Biden laptop stuff, the money from Ukraine, you know, the, all that stuff was true. But this Hamilton 68 group, they pressured all these social media groups to blacklist people. And people that, that sent these articles forward or tried to forward them, they were all silenced. Yeah, this is huge news, and the, the mainstream media won't talk about it. I, people should look it up. It's called Hamilton 68. Matt Taibbi did the... To, you know, he's one of the ones that Elon Musk released this stuff to because these are Twitter things. These, are, you know, they got all the emails back and forth and everything else that these idiots did. They they didn't cover their tracks. I think yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm googling it right now. It looks like, like there's plenty of media on it. It looks like there's a lot of stories written about it. So oh, this I, is crazy. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't know I don't know where the maybe it's not 
on TV broadcast, but I see a lot of stories written about it, not even just, you know, typical right-wing newspapers like like the New York Post. I mean, they did a story on it, but there's there's other sources too, smaller local news outlets. Um, I'm not seeing any really centralized or left-leaning well, sources. Well, you're not going to hear because they're all complicit. They all, they, they all played these stories about Russian disinformation over and over and over again, and that they discredited people. They ruined people's careers, you know? This is serious, man. And our government should get to the bottom of that. They really should. Now that it's all come out, you know. Somebody yeah, I mean, as, as a rule, I don't generally trust technology companies, not because of, you know, they're censoring this, censoring that, whatever. It's, it's really just the personal aspect of it that I don't want my information being sold places. And there's, there's part of social media, you know, I wish... I had to delete. Well, I didn't have to. I chose to delete my Facebook account. Had to remake it uh, just as you know something for the job. I-, I needed a Facebook account so I could post on our Facebook pages. But I generally don't like social media because all the information is out there, and I've had it to me before where you know my information gets leaked by like my email address. Somebody hacks my email address's company, um, and and my email address is out there. My personal information. So I, I have a very large disdain for tech companies. Yeah, I hear you. I, I used to have a Hotmail account back when the Internet first came out, and that got hacked by somebody with an African name, at least that's what they, they claimed, and somebody tried to buy a house out there, and that's the only reason I found out. Yeah, and really, the thing is, nobody's safe back from and it. Forth between these two from some uh, lending institution, you know, wanting them to verify send him a copy of his social security card and birth certificate and all that which they can't you know but yeah that was my hotmail account yeah i don't trust those suckers any farther than i could throw them either and and nobody is safe from it even even you know established people the example i'm thinking of is uh uh, last season or two seasons ago for baseball there's a baseball reporter named jeff pass and he's the most popular baseball reporter there is absolutely i love while we were in the mlb lockout that off season as soon as talks were starting to heat up that, okay, like we might only have like a two-week delay for the start of this season, somebody hacked Jeff Passan's Twitter account and got all his personal information and turned it into a cryptocurrency account at the most important. And that obviously, for baseball fans, that was a nightmare because we get all of our wow. news from Jeff Passan. But he, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, Jeff Passan has a million followers on Twitter. And even he is not safe from somebody stealing his data and, and getting into his account and tweeting from his account you know he was sending a lot of tweets about cryptocurrency and it just w- was not the time and of course everyone has uh tweet notifications on for jeff passan so he was tweeting non-stop for like half an hour before twitter finally shut down his account wow is that something yeah and it's just that like it freaks me out because uh, the internet is so important and it's so integral as a part of all of our lives that there's no choice but to have your personal data online somewhere you know, if oh, you, you hack into enough things, you're going to be able to find everything about a person. Well, I, I just wanted to thank you, by the way. I've been listening the last couple of days, uh, and the, the way you, you have conversations with people and you let them say what they have to say, they listen to you. You know, you're not talking over each other, holding the button down, and you're very level-headed. I really appreciate that. I think you'd be a, you're, you're a great addition to the show. Yeah, just I'm just trying to keep that. the vibes good. We're just, we're just having fun out here. Well, you're doing a great job. Thanks again for hearing me out. I appreciate it. Thanks for calling. You bet. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Yeah, we're just having fun out here. Hosting Binghamton Now for Bob while he's incapacitated at the moment.
We're just having a good time. I don't listen to everybody. I, I may not agree. I may disagree, and I may share my opinion that I disagree. But for the most part, I'm going to try to let everybody talk. Unless there's something particular that comes up, and I want to say, oh, hold on a second there. On this point that you just brought up, I'm not sure about that. A lot of more things for me to look into Maybe during the commercial break at the top of the hour during ABC News. I take a gander around the Google, see what I can find out about some of the things we've talked about today. And of course, coming up at 11 o'clock, oh, really closer to 11.10, another hour of open phone lines on WMBF. That's it. Open phone lines all day. We'll talk about whatever we want to talk about. And we'll be nice and respectful to James especially, but also to each other. We'll just all have a good time. It's maybe the last day that I'm filling in for Bob. Bob might be back tomorrow. We got one more hour. One more hour of the James Kelly good vibes on WMBF. And we're back to regularly scheduled programming. And not a moment too soon. I know the people miss Bob Joseph. It's a nice little novelty to have me filling in for him for a few days. But this is Bob Joseph's show. He runs this thing. He does a great job with it. 10.59 on WMBF. ABC News. Coming up next. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Good morning on this Wednesday, February 1st. You're listening to WNBF. The Binghamton Bombers and the Professional Box Lacrosse League may already be a thing of the past. On Tuesday, January 31st, the decision was made by the Professional Box Lacrosse Association that all remaining games across the league will be postponed. Owner Carmen Kessner said we made a difficult decision to postpone the remainder of the inaugural season. Our vision is to implement a fast, physical, safe, and exciting experience for our fans and players. We believe we have been able to create this experience, but we feel there are elements we need to improve upon. For that reason, we are halting the season to reorganize the league and team operations. Season ticket holders will be contacted and will get a full refund for the duration of the season. They are hopeful that the coming season will show that they have made the right decision for now. The PBLA started the reorganization process with the appointment of Brad Bryant as the new chief executive officer of the PBLA. A New York bill currently in committee would allow New Yorkers to pay state agencies with cryptocurrency. The bill, if passed, establishes that state agencies are allowed to accept cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, and Bitcoin Cash as payment. According to a report on payments, the bill was introduced by Assemblyman Clyde Vanell, a Democrat who represents several areas in Queens. CEO of AirSwift, Dr. Yan Zhang, told payments it is critical to develop a decentralized payment protocol and integrate it with regulated payment service providers and money service operators. James Warrock, age 37, formerly the executive assistant and media relations representative for former Broome County District Attorney Stephen Cornwell Jr., pleaded guilty this week to one count of grand larceny in the fourth degree. He admitted to stealing more than $1,000 from the Broome County government in order to pay for unauthorized long-term parking for himself and then-DA Cornwell in a commercial parking lot in downtown Binghamton from 2016 through the end of Cornwell's term in 2019. Warhawk is facing up to four years in prison, and the prosecution is seeking over $5,000 in restitution for Broome County. On January 10th, officers from the Cortland County Sheriff's Office assisted the City of Cortland Police Department with an investigation on Woodland Avenue in the City of Cortland. Prior to this investigation, the defendant, Nicholas Stone, had been directed by court order to surrender any and all firearms, rifles, or shotguns to the Cortland County Sheriff's Office. 
Further, he was directed not to secure or possess any more firearms, rifles, or shotguns once his were surrendered. During the investigation, it was learned that Mr. Stone failed to surrender his firearms, which he was no longer permitted to possess, to the Cortland County Sheriff's Office by the date directed in the court order. On January 30th, Mr. Stone was arrested and arraigned on the above charges in the city of Cortland Court and was remanded to the Cortland County Jail on cash bail. He is scheduled for his next court appearance in the city of Cortland Court on February 1st. Republican Congressman George Santos of New York says he is temporarily stepping down from his two congressional committees. The move comes amid a host of ethics issues and a day after Santos met with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Santos has faced numerous calls for his resignation and is facing multiple investigations by prosecutors over his personal and campaign finances and lies about his resume and family background. Santos had been assigned to a committee on small business and on science, space and technology. Congressman Tom Cole of Oklahoma says the decision has been well-received from the GOP conference. In a prepared statement, Santos says he wants to focus on serving his constituents without distraction. New York's governor has vetoed a bill that would have allowed wrongful death lawsuits to include claims for emotional damage, a change that could have added billions of dollars a year to verdicts in auto accident, medical malpractice, and other types of cases. The bill, which drew overwhelming bipartisan support and was passed last year in the state legislature, attempted to give families more compensation when pursuing a wrongful death suit in court. According to current law, the amount families could receive is largely determined by the income of the person who passes away, which advocates for the vetoed bill called discriminatory. President Joe Biden has showcased a $292 million mega grant that will be used to help build a rail tunnel beneath the Hudson River. The mega-grant is part of an effort to draw a contrast between the Democratic president's economic vision and that of a Republican. The funding for the New York-New Jersey Tunnel Project is part of the $1.2 billion in mega-grants awarded under the 2021 Infrastructure Law. Biden says government spending on infrastructure will boost economic growth and create blue-collar jobs. White House Senior Advisor Mitch Landrieu said Tuesday if Republicans want to take away money from projects, they can have that discussion with the American people. The maker of ChatGPT is trying to curve its reputation as a freewheeling cheating machine with a new tool that can help teachers detect if a student or artificial intelligence wrote that homework. The new AI text classifier launched by OpenAI follows a weeks-long discussion at schools and colleges over fears that ChatGPT's ability to write just about anything on command could fuel academic dishonesty and hinder learning. OpenAI cautions that its new tool is not foolproof, and the method for detecting AI-written text is imperfect and can be wrong at times. And the U.S. Justice Department has requested documents from Tesla related to its autopilot and full self-driving features. The electric vehicle maker cautioned in a regulatory filing Tuesday that if the government decides to pursue an enforcement action, it could possibly have a material adverse impact on its business. Despite their names, Tesla says on its website that the cars can't drive themselves. Teslas using full self-driving can navigate roads in many cases, but experts say the system can make mistakes, which even CEO Elon Musk acknowledges. A message was left Tuesday seeking comment from the Justice Department. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Today, partly sunny with a high near 26. Tonight, partly cloudy, a low near 18. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, then gradually becoming sunny with a high near 35. Tomorrow night, chance of snow showers after 8 p.m., increasing clouds with a low near 9 degrees, 40% chance of snow. And Friday, a chance of snow showers mainly before 2 p.m., mostly cloudy and cold with a high near 10 degrees, blustery conditions, wind gusts as high as 31 miles per hour, chance of snow 40%. Friday night, slight chance of snow showers before 2 a.m., mostly cloudy with a low near negative 2 degrees, blustery conditions, 20% chance of snow. 
You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first, News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton, now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Eleven thirteen on WMBF, hour number three of Binghamton now, with James Kelly filling in for Bob Joseph. We go now to Brenda from Binghamton. How's it going, Brenda? Okay, how are you? I'm having a good morning. Uh, where is Bob? Bob Joseph. Bob is out sick. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm filling in for talk. him. Yeah. Well, I hope he gets well rather soon. I hope he doesn't have COVID. He should be back tomorrow. Good. He doesn't have COVID. I hope. Uh. Anyway, we don't need to elaborate on that. I just hope he's okay. Uh, anyway, just want to touch basis with our prior and previous uh, district attorney, Stephen K. Cornwell, Jr. Uh, everybody that's listening needs to hear this. Kylie, if I may speak, I'm, I'm really, really disappointed to hear this news about our prior district attorney here in Broome County. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this Stand is actually the first time I had heard of this story. He served Broome County District Attorney from 2016 to 2019, which is, what, four years? Four years. During that time frame, he had an assistant, and I don't know, James M. M. Warhawk, I believe how you pronounce Warbuck, 37 years old, who was his executive assistant, who worked below him. They were taking parking space, I believe, right yep. down in the heart of Binghamton, where the offices are, where they work. And taking files, taking things from the police to cover up everything because they weren't paying for the parking. So I just have to say it's a felony charge. They're saying they're going to plead his assistant here, actually, his charge. They did. He actually he pleaded guilty yesterday, or two days ago or yesterday to one count of grand larceny in the fourth degree. That stole more than $1,000 from the Broome County government. Right. To pay for unauthorized long-term parking for himself and our prior previous district attorney, Stephen Cornwell. And I know him, and I think many of us do. And he's prosecuting people when he's doing illegal things like that. What a shame. And I have to say I'm speechless with my words. I can't even come up with what I want to say. And you know what? It's a, it's a disgrace. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a shame because that's the person in charge of, of prosecuting the law. Yeah. Please. That's right. That says it all. And in my lifetime, I can't even believe that I'm reading and hearing something like this. What a disgrace. I'm going to say it one more time now. This war tech, his assistant's going to do time in prison, but Corn- Cornwell's not? I'm I, I don't here. know about Cornwell. I saw a press release about it a couple days ago regarding Cornwell more so than Warhawk. Uh, so I'll have to, I'll have to double-check if there was well, what the punishment was guilty to a felony count of fourth degree larceny, grand larceny admitting he stole hard copies of police reports and witness statements pertaining to his 1995 arrest of charges of driving while intoxicated resisting arrest assault of police officer and obstruction of governmental administration is what they call that when you avoid an arrest so he's got an alcohol problem with alcoholism okay uh, but anyway Cornwall then altered his name and deleted his date of birth from corresponding digital files in an apparent attempt to prevent them from turning up in a search of an online case management database. Out of curiosity, which uh, which news organization is this story from? 
Uh, but anyway, it, it was on, it's on the news. Yeah, oh, which which, which uh, news? I, I just want to know what their I article is. I just want to finish this. Wartech pleaded guilty to one misdemeanor, count of fifth-degree criminal possession of stolen property, and was sentenced to one-year conditional discharge in exchange for admitting he stole and falsified county records relating to his own 2013 felony DWI conviction. So both of these men, adults, knowing what they are freely doing, choosing what they freely want to do. Yeah, I mean, War, Warhawk is facing up to four years in prison and, and over $5,000 in restitution for Broome County. Cornwell was ordered to pay $5,000 fine and sentenced by Madison County Judge Cyril. Donald Cyril, I don't know why we're going out of Madison County. In three years, conditional discharge. That's a slap in the hand for Cornwell, as far as I'm concerned. Under yeah. the terms of a felony charge, Cornwell also forfeited his license to practice law in the state of New York. Yeah, I wonder um, I wonder what aspect of his punishment is maybe having pleaded it down to just admitting it, and, and he got a really good deal. It sounds like Warhawk didn't get a good deal. No better than him. Nobody's no better than anybody in, in the eyes of the Lord, is what I say. We all have sin. Things happen. Well, what I got to say, the bottom line is, is that Wartex no better than uh, Steve Cornwell. Okay? And I'm going to say that one more time. He's paying somebody off to get a lesser charge. Got a good a good lawyer is what he got. Yeah. I feel well, we, we don't know if he's paying somebody you know off. But, I mean, he might have a good lawyer who got him a, a good deal for good admitting lawyer. that he That's did right. it. That's right. Trying to hide this stuff, taking police reports. I'm saying, what? like, I can't believe this stuff. But I can. So what I got to say is, is he prosecuted many people, and I'm not going to mention any names. I know of one personally that's in my family. I do not like Steve Cornwell. Never did. He served four years, and I'm glad he's gone. What I got to say is, what a shame. That to make parking free for everybody in Binghamton. Actually, when I, I, I love free parking. Clearly, it's never been free parking, but they should start making it. Because what a shame this has become. Or this county needs the money that bad. I see what the police do to going around giving tickets to people that are just trying to live parking their cars on the side of the road at nighttime when I'm out doing my little homework that I do. And I don't knock the police. I respect them highly for everything they do do. But we got a serious problem when we have to pay for parking in this. Who, like, who wants to even be in Broome County anymore? Anyway. Well, that's that's a big thing from, again, my, my background is city planning. That's what I, I studied in but undergrad, park, and free well, parking is a huge difference. But you can park for free if you're a SUNY B student, or you can park for free if you're a BCC student, and they house all them. We got problems with housing here. I mean, I don't want to jump off the subject I'm talking about, but, like, when is this stuff going to end? I mean, like, it, it's crazy. It's a serious problem with parking. And everybody's taking advantage of anybody that they can for to find a spot to park. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, be, be, let's get real with this. Legalize some more drugs, like we did marijuana. Maybe that'll bring more funding into this, this this state. It makes me sick, the things I'm seeing going on. It's like, you know what, I can't even, I don't even want to watch the news anymore. I mean, we're all human beings. We all fall short of the glory of God, and we fall into sin. But, I mean, this is ridiculous, this stuff we're dealing with. And this man's going to do time in prison. They're trying to cover up for something because they had to park, but it's okay for them to park? I mean, where do I end with this? You know what I mean? What, yeah. What do you do? Where do I get my free parking? This is what I'm saying. Uh, I mean, we got ample areas where there's so many properties condemned to close down parking. Right, walk to your work if you have to. You know, 
Yeah, and I'll, well, I'll say this for free parking. Yeah. Uh, it, I'll, it, I'll avoid downtown Binghamton. What's that? I'll avoid downtown Binghamton, like on the weekends. I, I don't want to drive out here because I don't want to pay to park. And I, I, I've, yeah. I can have a pass for the parking garage down here because I work in downtown Binghamton. Yeah. Well, but sometimes I'm trying to walk somewhere far away. Done. They actually got in more trouble trying to hide what they what 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 happened to them. If that, and they can't turn it around now, obviously. But they should have walked from their job. Many of us are walking. Many of us are riding bikes. Many of us are riding scooters with little motors on them. Can't afford the gas. We didn't deal with that back then. But we're living in dangerous days today. And I'm saying, just seeing this stuff, it's just, it just, it's, it's awful. It really is. So who do you reach out to? Who are the ones that are mandating that we pay to park? Can I ask you? Who is it? I mean, I guess elected officials. The I would assume the Binghamton elected City officials. Council. The elected officials. So where are the elected officials going wrong here? How do we get involved as citizens in this county to do yeah. something different well, about that? Well, calling into the news station, that's a good start. Get conversation going. So I hope everybody hears my voice today, and I hope you let me call in again rather soon, because i got to give this a lot of thought today, but I have my own life I'm trying to live. Absolutely. But I do see there's a serious ongoing problem with parking, and these men are going to do, one of them's going to do time in prison when they're both involved in it. They're getting drunk trying to, because, you know, that's an easy fix. Just get smashed and worry about it tomorrow, but the problem's still there. It doesn't go away. Meanwhile, he prosecuted many people. Stephen Cornwall, I know him personally. He tried to he tried to do something to an immediate family member of mine, and I do not like him. Hearing this especially now put the icing on the cake. Yeah, it's definitely definitely not a great situation. doesn't inspire confidence in, in local leaders. You know what? It says it everything about who he is and his background. And you know what? But we're all, you know, I, I don't want, I don't mean that negatively wise. I mean, just we all we all have sin. None of us are perfect. But man, when you're an official like that, supposed to be representing our area here and for what we stand, forget it. Like I, I, I'm done. I'm speechless. I have nothing else left to say. But I, I may call back in again. And I hope yeah. everybody hears this. Call, call yeah. anytime, Brenda. Anytime. Yeah, appreciate it. All right, have a good one. Going on to Vic from the Forks. How you do? How you doing, Vic? Hey, I'm doing. Oh, it sounds like we got some bad reception here. Oh. Oh, that really? sounds that sounds better. There we go. All I did was go from the right ear to the left ear. Yeah, that, sometimes that's all it takes. I back home, uh, my house is just it's the worst reception of all time. I gotta walk from the kitchen to the window just to send a text message. Brenda ask a question, so before I say what I want to say, I'm going to answer Brenda's question. She wants to make, she has to go to her councilwoman, she lives in the city of Binghamton, ask her councilwoman to put her on the agenda to address the council, and meanwhile, while she's doing that, get like-minded people to, with whatever she wants to address the council about, to sign a petition about that, and then maybe she'll get somewhere. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, the best way to go about it for something like this where you want free parking downtown is to have the whole community want it and say, we want this, right. and we're going to vote for people who are voting for this. Uh, I'd love all the Binghamton meetings, but uh, because I'm not a Binghamton resident, I have no – I do, but, you know, and I have been to some of the meetings, but I, I don't have any value as far as the input goes because uh, they know I'm not from Binghamton. But I called the bus thing outside. I told you it's about 
our men in blue, uh, police officers, uh, uh, not just the Binghamton area, which there are 130 police officers and 13 civilians working for the Binghamton Police Department. But um, uh, it's a lot about the police brutality that's been going on. I think there are two sides of it. I mean, no one justifies a beating like that one guy got, they just buried today. Um, that That's not justifiable, no matter what. However, with all the news and media attention going on, Vic, it sounds like we're losing you a little bit again, reception wise. Am I back? Yeah, 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 you're back now. <laughs> I went back to the right ear because I'm right handed. But anyway, um, uh, all the attention these police officers are getting, the, the the few who are breaking the law, makes it very difficult for those who uphold the law to do their job. And I, I want, you know, did, did you hear the numbers of the Binghamton police? There's 132 uh, police officers and 13 civilians working for the police department. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, maybe three or four police officers, uh, you know, and it's hard for police to get good people now because they're getting such bad rep. The recruiting pool went from, I'd say, you know, them being allowed to pick the best of the crop to the mediocre of the crop because police uh, are having a difficult time filling jobs. So that's one of our problems. Um, the higher salary, like, I don't understand why a state trooper starts off at $86,000 a year and a big police officer at 44000 when they're both in the line of fire. That, uh, that should all come under one, uh, you know, men in blue get paid one salary to start and advance in their salary as they take on time. But if, if we keep bashing our police officers, we're going to end up with the bottom of the barrel like, like uh from what I understand, it was four black cops who beat that black man to death. Yeah, uh, it was five, and then a, a sixth white officer was also uh, put on leave. See, no, not, to me, that doesn't sound like a racial attack. Uh, it, it sounds like the bottom of the barrel were accepted into the police academy. Uh, well, oh, hold on. This was, this was the elite unit of their police department. This was their, their most elite unit, the Scorpion unit. <laughs> Well, I I heard that. I heard that, and I laughed when I heard that. But what what I'm calling about is we have to support our police officer. If you want to stay alive, if you you don't want to get beat up, comply. Stay alive, comply. That should be the slogan on their car, 911, stay alive, comply. Now, that doesn't give a police officer the right to pull just anybody over. But if, if they caught you in the middle of a crime, these cops want to go home. If they caught you breaking the law, if you're a wanted felon and they, they, they get lucky enough to be in your presence to have, apprehend you, they want to go home at night. And I, my fear is that... Well, Vic, I think we lost you again there. My fear is the police officers that are good are going to be uh, uh, afraid to do the job because they're afraid of of, of uh, public 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 sentiment surrounding you know the job as a whole. Yeah, right. And, and this is what's going on in today's world. And and our policemen can't do their job because their hands are tied behind their back uh, uh, because of that uh, perception that they're all bad. That the personifying uh, not not general public, but you know. People are 
to put news on the TV and things like that. Uh, Alex, uh, you know, he, he goes. Oh, I think I think we're losing you again, Vic. All right, shame because this is a good topic. It's a good topic. We've talked a lot about it yeah. this week. But I just support the men in blue. I, I know they have a, a hard time doing their job. I support them all. Uh, I don't support illegal activities that that come, but sometimes I can understand them in the heat of a moment. Putting a knee on somebody's neck isn't right, but if that cop wants to go home and he feels his life is threatened, then then do what you got to do to go home to your family. Yeah, I mean that's you know that's a, a good sentiment, but also when you're looking at the the situation that unfolded in Binghamton a couple of weeks ago, I mean that was just a few college kids getting in a fight outside a bar, and it ended up with an officer's knee on Hamel Waddle's neck because of resisting arrest, from what I understand. Yeah, but again, uh, when when you hear the whole story, and obviously I don't know if the cop knew this part of the story, and we had Matt Ryan on on Monday saying uh, Waddle's part of the story was that he wasn't actually that involved in the fight. He was, in fact, trying to stop the fight because his friend was involved in it. Uh, and, and the situation that unfolded was very unfortunate and it, uh, really an inexcusable action by the, the police officer to put his knee on the back of Waddle's neck. And that's that's what the video showed. I, when we were talking about it on Monday, uh, I, I, I said I didn't I see the video. I haven't I seen it in like three weeks, so I couldn't remember exactly. I went back and found it and... It was pretty clear that the the knee went directly onto the neck. There was no putting the knee on the back and it, it slipped, or there was no. It was close. It was directly on his neck. Well, I, I'm not saying that putting a knee on the neck is right. Is what I'm trying to say is that when a police officer, because somebody is resisting arrest, to do what they have to go home to their family. Because if you don't restrain, then you're the one that ends up in pain. And and that way it is. Now, there was enough police officers there where they could have grabbed his arms and his legs and kept him from thrashing uh, and, and maybe biting even or whatever. But it's the heat of the moment. And I'm not saying they can be forgiven for, for putting an E on the neck. They need to be cautious. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely it's a complex issue all around. There's there's valid Very points on, on both sides of it. There's valid points. And, and there's a huge human element in the mix. That is really the reason that most of this stuff happens, is that people get scared of a situation that they're in. My son has a beautiful family, and he he is a police officer, and uh, uh, he's an investigator. And every day he goes to work, I I, I watch the news at night and stuff just to watch, make sure, you know, there's been no problems there with him. But uh, uh, he's actually a state trooper, and... uh, I worry about him on the job because of the way the sentiment has been turned. When I went to school, a police officer came in the classroom in full uniform. They never came in street clothes. They came in full uniform and said, we are your friends. We are here to protect and to serve you. If you have problems, you know, stop a policeman on the street and talk to him. Uh, or, you know, and this is, they're talking to kindergartners, first graders, second graders, so forth. There was a good rapport with, with the students of my day and age than there are today. Today in school, they're teaching uh, kids that you have these rights, and if a police officer tells you don't resist, resist and don't comply. Uh, well, that that's kind of sunk into a lot of people. They are resisting, and they are not complying, and I think that, that has a lot to do with the indoctrination of our students 
Uh, there's so many things I could talk about on this subject, and I could be wrong on most of them. I could be right on a lot of them. And it's the ones I'm right on that I want people to understand. Uh, and I'm willing to listen to what I might be wrong on. But uh, we used to have respect for our police officers. Respect and fear, which are good things to have with, with a police officer. You shouldn't fear a cop because he won't beat you up. But you should fear him if you're willing to break the law. And that's about all I got to say. You know, we need to respect our law enforcement and not not the few that break the law themselves, but the many that comply to the law and, and not browbeat them because their partners did something wrong and, and, and make them afraid to do their job without getting the same kind of uh, uh, judgment. Yeah, it's it's a topic that we could spend, you know, the next six months doing a three-hour show every day on, and, and still at the end of that six months, still have things that we hadn't covered yet. And it's, it's one of those topics that's extremely complex. There's there's issues on both sides, and, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. not trying to be pessimistic, but I'm not seeing a, a solution in the near future coming. Hey, I'm going to go ahead and uh, hang up so you can have time to talk to Matt. I'm sure he's calling. Uh, maybe. Who knows? Thanks, Vic. <laughs> Take care. It's 11.34 on WMBF. WMBF. 11.36 on WMBF. We've got Ron from Binghamton. How you doing, Ron? Good, James. Uh, good to talk with you. Yeah, hey, good to talk with you, too. The uh, Super Bowl's coming up in less than two weeks. I had a kind of uh, interesting connection there in a strange way. Uh, do you know that we've got a serious shortage uh, happening with Botox? Now we're running out of Botox, and you know why? We've got um, Jane Fonda and uh, uh, the other ladies there who are making that uh, Super Bowl movie. I guess they used up all the... Botox to bring them back. I didn't know if you knew that or not. I didn't. I thought you were going to say it was all in Tom Brady's face. Oh, well, no, it's it's in Lily Tomlin's and Jane Fonda. I mean, you know, all of these actresses who, you know, made these great films now, you know, why do they have to, you know, you know, quit? You got plenty of money. You got to make these silly movies, uh, acting like teenage girls. You know, you got to use up all the Botox and I mean, it, it's just terrible. But uh, that's an aside. The Super Bowl is here in two weeks. I wanted, I wanted to ask you. It's kind of like a sports quiz trivia thing. Um, uh, of of these um, uh, players um, that you'll you'll recognize, I wonder if you know what they have in common. Just mention a few of them: Bubba Smith, Nick Bonacani. Terry Long, Aaron Hernandez, Kenny Stabler, and Junior Seau. Do you know what they all had in common? I I can't think of a single connection there. Yeah, well, they all had uh, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, CTE. Their brains were uh, irreverently uh, damaged by playing football. Uh, I, I wonder, you know, at the Super Bowl, at some point, I think the NFL should do some kind of tribute to all of the uh, players who have uh, suffered this uh, irreversible brain disease from the game, the NFL does nothing but hide it, continue to hide the fact that uh, they 
are encouraging young people to play a game that ruins their lives, and that is tackle football. Um, you know, I'm a sports fan. I've been a sports fan my whole life, but I do have to come to the understanding that if you play football and if you start young and if you play for any number of years, you at you are at a significant risk of developing CTE. CTE damages the brain, uh, robs you of your personhood. It's not like breaking your leg. Your leg will mend. The brain doesn't mend. And we've got kids out there in peewee football, uh, in youth football, and what is happening with them is they are uh, getting uh, their brains uh, batted around and uh, eventually uh, they're uh, coming up with symptoms and they're coming up with symptoms earlier and earlier. High school players, college players, the studies uh, at the um, Boston University showed of the 111 NFL players uh, brains that were examined of the 111, 110 had CTE. Uh, college players whose brains have been examined, uh, same, same, almost the same uh, percentage, like 90%. And now they're finding it in high school players. Of course, it takes a little longer for CTE to, to develop. You don't have to have a concussion. Uh, a concussion does not create uh, or cause CTE. What causes CTE is just repetitive subconcussive blows to the head that take place in football. And the important thing is helmets do not help. So, you know, we got the Super Bowl coming up, and um, I think people should, uh, well, you know, the Super Bowl, I look upon the Super Bowl as America's biggest religious holiday because it is. Uh, you know, uh, you've got, I think, 52 million people attend church on Sunday regularly, and like 150 million will be watching the Super Bowl. So get ready for the big religious holiday coming up. And uh, the fact that uh, we're still hiding the facts about what's happening to young people uh, from uh, CTE. Absolutely. And I think I think participation in football has dropped a little bit over the last two decades because of that exact concern, CTE. It starts early, and, you know, you can do all you want for, say, a quarterback and limit how many times a quarterback is going to get hit in a, a given game or the ways they can get hit. But what about the linemen, offensive and defensive linemen? Their whole job is just going head-to-head with another guy. Uh, it's just concussion after concussion after concussion, and you're going to eventually start to suffer from CTE because your entire job is just smashing your head against another guy's head. Yeah, and, and James, I, and I, I, I agree, but just keep one thing in mind because this is the important distinction. You Concussions do not cause CTE. Yeah, yeah, that, um, that was a what, fun what fact that I learned way late. It's, it's repetitive hits to the head, subconcussive, go unnoticed, in a typical uh, game, uh, whether it's high school, college, or pro, uh, a person is hitting their head about 50 times. You're not supposed to hit your head. We have a sport in which you hit your head. Helmets do not prevent CTE. Do, do, they do not protect against it because when your head is hit, a, a helmet protects your skull, but it doesn't protect the brain which moves in the skull and eventually uh, emits this protein, which damages the brain. 
If you've got your kids in peewee uh, football or youth football, I mean, look at the data, check it out, get them out. Do not start them. Uh, it, it is not a sport that young people should be playing. Uh, we Play flag football. A, well, flag football. You know, Brett Favre has an organization now which is called Flag Under 14. And he's promoting a no-cackle football for anyone under 14 years old. Uh, so, and it's flag. And inter- isn't it interesting? The Pro Bowl has turned to what? They're going to do flag football at the Pro, t- uh, Pro Bowl. Yeah, well, so who, who cares about the Pro Bowl? No one ever watches it. It's just yeah, like it's the, the random Sunday before the Super Bowl. And it's like, oh, I, I guess like Josh Allen and I guess Joe Burrow on the other side. I guess they're playing against each other today for, for fun. And no one's really taking it seriously. Yeah, well, I, I know no one. I mean, the Pro Bowl never interested me because it's an exhibition game. Nah. But why is the why is the NFL doing it as a flag game? That's a, why did they switch to flag? Uh, you know, the NFL has been covering up uh, the injuries to to people with CTE for a long time. And if 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 anyone wants to see the best data on that, uh, go uh, and watch. On YouTube, League of Denial. Uh, this is what PBS Frontline did years ago, League of Denial, and you'll see how the NFL has uh, covered up uh, CTE and its danger to young people. And now, James, if you'll notice, uh, when you're watching sports, there will be almost like a public service announcement, but it is a paid for thing by the NFL. It's called the Football Foundation, and they're encouraging young people to play football. What they are basically doing is grooming young people. Uh, they, we, you know, it used to be done with tobacco. Now it's done with football. And I know people listening to this are going to say, you know, Ron's crazy. What's he talking about? But football is fine. Kids should play it. Well, um, the, uh, you know, Harry Carson, Mister. You know, Mr. Captain of the New York Giants, Harry Carson, who played football and earned his living at that, said he would never allow his kids or grandkids to play football. And uh, so many people are coming out. Nick Bonacani, who who died, who did have CTE, uh, came out and said, "Please keep your kids out of football." So, yeah, I uh, wouldn't. I wouldn't put my kids or grandkids in football. Not that I have any, but I, I would absolutely not do that. Because you know what's the best case scenario? Yeah, let's be real. We're not getting any professional athletes from my bloodline. We're not getting any of those. So there's no big NFL money coming, so we're just destroying the brain for fun then. Yeah, well, there's one other argument you'll hear, James. Uh, people will say, well, if we want to have people play pro football at a, at a good level, you know, we've got to train these kids when they're young. They have, they, they have to start young. And interestingly, uh, there was a, there's a football player who, uh, whose father – would not allow him to go and play youth football. He lived on the West Coast. There were plenty of youth football teams around, but the father would not let his son play until he was 15 years old. He did not throw a pass in an organized league till he was 15, and he turned out to be a pretty good football player by the name of Tom Brady. So it was even recognized by Tom Brady's father that, hey, there's danger here. Uh, so he kept him out till he was 15. Uh, there's a uh, New York assemblyman, uh, Michael Benedetto from the Bronx, who has legislation pending in the New York State legislature 
uh, to uh, prohibit tackle football to anyone under the age of 12. That That is... Uh, Seems perfectly reasonable to me, honestly. Uh, nobody you know. nobody under 12, you know, th- these are literal children. They're not, you know, tackling properly in the first place. They're suffering brain injuries. They don't look all that good when they play. They're, they're kids. They look goofy playing sports at that age. So, yeah, I mean, well, that would look, make perfect sense to me. Yeah, they, they look goofy, and part of it is because relative to their body size, their, head, their heads are big. Yeah. And they, they're like weeblos, you know, they fall up. But they, they're hitting their head, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, the guy who discovered CTE, Dr. Amalu, who the NFL drove out of town, by the way, uh, Dr. Amalu said there are no safe blows to the head. And we have to do all we can to uh, prevent blows to the head, especially in children. Yeah. So now, that, that Dr. Amalu, was, uh, was that the character that Will Smith played in the movie about CTE? Yes, yes, it is. I thought so. I never saw the movie, but I I wanted to see it. I thought so. Yeah, it's a great movie, and Will Smith was terrific, and it got the Academy Award. So it's a terrific movie, and it is a kind of a primer on concussions and concussions in in kids. Yeah. No, it's it's scary stuff. Yeah. Well, Well, thanks, James, for listening, hearing me out. Oh, thanks for calling, Ron. Sure. It's 1148. You're listening to WMBF. From near- this is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. News Radio 1290, WNBF. 1152 on WNBF. We've got DJ from Binghamton on the line. What's up, DJ? Hey, good morning. How you doing, James? Oh, I'm doing great. <clears throat> Me too. Hey, I'm completely 100% in agreement with Ron. He's exactly right. And I called in before uh, talking to Bob about uh, a couple things. First of all, I mentioned the NFL was a, a nonprofit. It's not a 501c3, but it was a nonprofit. But I see here that in 2012, I think they're not eligible for tax-exempt status, but they are registered as a nonprofit. The second thing is... If you, as Russell Limbaugh used to say, take your formerly nicotine-stained fingers and type in, Ron, and you, and anyone else, James, powerplusmouthguard.com. Powerplusmouthguard.com. That's one word. Here's what it does. It's a mouth guard. You know how, because I was a boxer in the 70s under Tommy uh, Delarocco at the Binghamton Boxing Club, and, and I was vicious, and, and people were trying to be vicious to me. But those little mouth guards that you put in your mouth, they just cover your front teeth. They keep your teeth from being knocked out. The PowerPlusMouthGuard.com protects your whole lower jaw. It might be a little uncomfortable, but you won't get concussions with this mouth guard. And I, I don't know how much it is on here, but what Ron could do, because he's very, uh, Ron acts as an activist, you could, you could email, you could make known to all the schools that you can about this. And they should make, James, every little football player or big football player gosh some of them oh my gosh yeah some of them are huge they're six foot six and 18 years old i know you know what i got a cousin who plays basketball he's he's he says he's six four that's a lie he is easily six six now and he just keeps growing and i'm like what happened here what happened i used to be taller than you oh you're tall aren't you what what are you i'm six three 
that's what I thought you said, 6-3. I've never, I haven't seen you downtown yet. But anyway, what you can, what they should do, probably, you know, who knows, mandate every football player for his parents to purchase this powerplusmouthguard.com. Again, I'm going to reiterate for people who maybe just tuned in or didn't hear me or Ron, if he's not listening, I hope he's listening, he usually does. It prevents the low, it prevents your jaw from going up into your brain. This is what causes concussions. So you wear this thing and you will not get concussion. And uh, did you Google about the NFL being a 501c3 IRS? They were tax exempt for a long time. Yeah, that's not right. The NFL shouldn't be tax exempt. I know. Hey, it's, man. it's only profit. I know. People, they, they, they want their cake and eat it too, James. We've lived, brother. Yeah. Yeah, and, no, uh, this this should definitely be mandatory. If if this is something that protects young kids from from suffering brain injuries playing football, mandatory. Easily mandatory. It should be mandatory. Powerplusmouthguard.com. And I agree with Ron that it is a false religion. He's right. Oh, he mentioned the church being fifty million, not even close. The church has shrunk so badly. I go to church now because I've been in ministry since eighty nine. And I go to church now and I see these churches that had three hundred people, thirty people. The, the big one in Binghamton when I was growing up, cutting my uh, cutting my teeth on the word in the eighties under Pastor Ron Piedmont, dude, they had eight hundred twice. They had an eight thirty service and an eleven a eleven a.m. service in the eighties. They had fifteen hundred people. Now you know how many goes there? Like eighty, fifty, and that's not just due to COVID, but due to other reasons that I won't you know spend time on today. But um, yeah, check it out, Ron. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling, DJ. It's definitely something to look into for football fans. Enjoy the blue skies. You too. Let's keep the phone lines rolling. Sandy from Port Dickinson, you're on the air. Oh, uh, good morning. And uh, before I hang up, uh, I just want to say I really enjoyed you this week. Oh, thank you. For Bob. Uh, You've done a really good job. I appreciate that. uh, Anyway, I and I, I just was laughing like crazy when Ron called about the Botox because, yeah. <laughs> because that movie starts, I think, on Friday at our local theater, and I fully intend to go and see it because it sounds hilarious. Yeah, now you're not going to be able to think of anything else either, the whole movie. You're just going to be thinking about Botox. No. Right. <laughs> but um, I heard callers earlier talking about having uh, Chick-fil-A here, and I really hope they do come here. I think it would be a good addition to the Broome County area, and uh, they're a good Christian group, whether people want to, you know, because they close on Sunday and people don't like that. Well, I'm sorry. You know, that's their philosophy, and I, I, I have no problem with that. Uh, anyway, and also I would hope that eventually – uh, we might have a Trader Joe's here. Yeah, I, that would be just, great. I, yes, it would. I, I go to Syracuse to the Trader Joe's there because it's it's just a wonderful, wonderful uh, addition. It would be a good addition to Broome County also. But uh, And also, I, just one more thing, and I'll hang up so somebody else can call in, um, that uh, I hope you're sure that Bob is going to be there tomorrow on Thursday because you know Thursday is Groundhog Day. Oh, really? And, uh, yes. Oh. And Bob loves that little critter. <laughs> okay, so yeah, no, that must Bob, be why he's coming back before tomorrow. He came here, Bob went to Poxitani, uh to interview Phil, or his handlers, I should say, 
and um, it was very interesting. So, uh, yeah, tomorrow's Groundhog Day, so... I'll have to ask him uh, about that. Just, you know, make sure that Bob is either coming in there or going to Poxitani. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway. I, I'll make sure. I'll make sure he's here to talk about Groundhog's Day. <laughs> Sandy, thanks for calling okay. in. Well, thank you, James. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Let's get one more phone call in. we got about a minute left. we got Marge from Endicott. How you doing? Great. Thank you. Uh, this is calling regarding the confessions that people should be talking more about soccer uh, because the intention is to use your head uh, <clears throat> and think that they have, more, they have a chance of uh, more injuries than football, but uh, that's the way it goes. That's all. Yeah, soccer is a dangerous one too because you have to you have to head the ball so much. It's just it's such an integral part of the game, being able to hit the ball with your head. That I think a lot of soccer players also find themselves with traumatic brain injuries down the line. Yes. Okay. Well, um, that's all I'm gonna say. And thank you very much. Have a good uh, day. All right. Thanks, March. Okay. Bye bye. There we go. Closing out the show. It was a good three days. I'm, I'm almost positive that Bob Joseph will be returning tomorrow. But for the record, if I have to come back, it'll be all good. Thanks for listening.